I, I don't know what they were really looking for, but they weren't looking for a good film, it seems like, because that's what they were given and they weren't happy with it. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. On this show, we democratize the film criticism conversation by bringing on fans and critics alike to dig into their personal connection to a current or classic release. However, this week we're continuing our conversation, or retrospective really, of the Star Wars saga by talking about the 2017 film Star Wars The Last Jedi. And I am honored to welcome back to the show, Carrie Jones. Welcome back to the Crooked Table Podcast. Thank you, Rob. I'm happy to be here, as always. So last time we had you on was back in March, and we talked about Captain Marvel, a, uh, another geek property that, that pissed off a significant portion of the white male fan base. I mean, let's just throw it out there. So I, I, I'm excited to dig into... Uh, I'm noticing a pattern here, basically, is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I said about doing the Star Wars, you immediately jumped on The Last Jedi. Yes, I seem to enjoy the controversial <laughs> movies here. Well, maybe that's just because those the controversial movies, I guess, uh, th- there's more of a conversation behind them. There's more, they have something to say. So to lead into The Last Jedi specifically and uh, why, you, why that's the one you, you jumped at, what is your relationship with the Star Wars saga? When did you first come across it or get interested in it? Well, I didn't grow up with it, so I don't have that you know, experience back in the 80s with it. Um, but I have watched the originals several times in my adult life and um, definitely am loving the whole inclusion of Ray and her movies. So, uh, yeah, maybe I, maybe I liked this movie because I don't have such a you ruined my childhood uh, thought, you know, thought or, or uh, complaint about it. Right. So I have a little bit more of a fresher look at it. That makes sense. Yeah. What about, how do you feel about, well, how do you feel about the prequels then and the original trilogy? Are, do, are you a big fan of those or you're just more oh, like, Oh, I eh. love them. I okay. love them. Star Wars is so unique. It's such, it's, it's got sci-fi, it's got rom-com, it's got drama, it's got, you know, uh, alien creatures. I mean... But there have doesn't it have? It, well, it hasn't had a lot of female representation until recently. That's a that's problem. That's true. It's, or representation in general, and I think that's one way that I one thing that I really love about the new movies is that their their cast is not only very. There's a lot of females present in the cast, led by Ray, of course. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, you know people of color. Yes. Oscar Isaac is, I think, yes. Guatemalan. Uh, you know, John Boyega is African mm-hmm. or American, well, not African American, but he's black guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's English, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. That's why I was like American. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, and that's the other thing. What's the, is there? It's not, it, they don't have African British. It's just it's black. They're just right? British. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. I I'm guess. I'm not sure. We're, we're so used to putting things in little boxes in this country, I guess. Yes. And then Kelly Marie Tran, which we'll get into now in the joining oh, yes. this movie as Rose. So I like that they're, and that's one thing that Disney has been really pushing forward with this franchise, but really all of their franchises that progress, that pro- progress in yeah. representation and diversity. And that's been really heartening to see, even as a straight white male. People uh, want to see themselves on the screen. Exactly, exactly. And they should. Absolutely. And not in a sidekick kind of way. So 
definitely makes sense and I love it and I love that Leia's gone to, from a sex slave to a general now That's and right. she's she's running the show well so. even when she was a sex slave she choked out her she her did. kidnapper she did. so that was that was pretty yeah. that was pretty yeah. satisfying at least it really was <laughs> <laughs> It's like go, for, for, for all the Harvey Weinstein's out there. It's like, let's, yeah. yeah, let's make that happen. Um, and she never put up with any any bullshit. No, either, yeah, so that's true. Even even in the seventies and eighties, you had yeah not a lot of female representation, but you had one really strong female character. Yeah. So who in the in the original movie gets rescued and then immediately takes over. That's right. <laughs> Which is great. That's right. Uh, Showing her leadership skills. That's right. She's bossy. <laughs> she is. So, what were your to catch up with Last Jedi? What were your thoughts on The Force Awakens and the way that they modernized the original film, and then also sort of kind of reboot slash remake remade it in a way? Because that was the it. big that was the big controversy or criticism, I guess, of The Force Awakens is like, well, this is like very much a New Hope. Like, there's a lot of elements that are taken directly from that. Well, I love J.J. Abrams, first of all. He's pretty amazing. So I I didn't have any problems with it. I loved it. It, it totally fit in with the, the with what they did before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the prequels were kind of they were kind of dry for me. I yeah. wasn't I wasn't really a big fan of them. They were, they were very left brained, I would say. Um, but I love Force Awakens. It just it, it brought everything that was good in the originals and made it new and made it fresh. And yet you also felt that nostalgia to it. Mm-hmm. So um, I was cool with it. Yeah, I think Abrams basically rationalized it as you have to, at this point, this is the film picking up 30 years after Return of the Jedi. So it's really the first sequel we've gotten since the original trilogy. Right. And I think his thought process was you have to kind of go back in order to go forward. You know, right. to kind of bring everybody back. Remember Star Wars? Remember how great it is? All right. Now let's... And that was the, the you know, reportedly George Lucas's reaction to The Force Awakens was kind of like, there's, you know, he's like, there's nothing new in this. You know, say what you will about the prequels, but there's new characters, there's new ship designs, there's new things like that. And I think a lot of the fans were maybe a little disappointed in The Force Awakens that it's like, they have X-Wings, they're on a sand planet, and it's very... Everything's very familiar. But I think... You, you know. Yeah, but then they would have complained if it wasn't familiar. Well, that's what we're here to talk so, about. So, <laughs> come on now. I mean, you that's can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. I mean. that, and that was my reaction was, I'm cool with that. You get a free pass with that, you know, especially since you want to win back fan goodwill after the, the prequels kind of divided fans right. the first time. Uh, but, you know, once the next one comes, once episode eight comes, you got to give me something new and fresh and different. And I think Ryan Johnson so did that. Did. And, it, so and that's did. why it's so funny. That movie came out, The Force Awakens, and everybody's like, it's so much like oh, the other it's movies. T- it's two the same. Now it's too different. <laughs> now it's too oh, different. Oh, we can't handle it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> People just want to complain about whatever. Um, and I think it's mostly about the inner journey, you know? So it's, yeah. and, and that whole, the, the fight against good and evil within oneself. So... Oh, it, I want to. It well, doesn't really, you yeah. know. It's it's, yeah. Okay, they have X wings again. You would have been pissed if you didn't see an X wing, or or you know. So exactly. So just stop complaining and just enjoy. <laughs> I mean, and they did a great job on both of them. I think. I think so too. And part of this saga's, uh, you know, the whole thought process behind it on on Lucas's part is that everything is kind of 
cyclical. Like it's all about legacy. It's all about things come back around. So there's a lot of parallels between maybe there's a little too many, few too many parallels in Force Awakens to A New Hope. But there's even this one. There's some parallels to Empire. I'm, I'm sure there will be some parallels between Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and things like that. So that's kind of baked into the story. It's it's literally the same lightsaber that Anakin had was passed to Luke, and now Rey and Kylo Ren are like fighting over who's going to have that lightsaber in this trilogy. So I think it's all about you know it's all about legacy. It's all about things coming back around, facing. Maz Kanata says in the last one, she says about how, oh, evil takes many forms, the Sith, the Jedi, the Empire, the First Order, whatever. Well, not the evil with the Jedi, but Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. Uh, So it's, yeah. The dark side. Exactly. And what I really love about this movie is that it, uh, Star Wars has always been spiritual to me. I love the spiritual aspect. I, I, you know, I'm kind of a new age hippie. I used to own my own spiritual store, new age store. And so the spiritual journey has been very important to me, that journey to enlightenment, that journey to awakening. And that's what I feel like The Last Jedi touches on the most. It really goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, see, we see it before, but here I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that. that you know, and, and I made these connections that uh, I didn't see before in Star Wars. Yes, it felt like it had a spiritual tone to it, but... When I watched Last Jedi, I really saw a lot of Buddhism. I saw a lot of Taoism in it, and that's what I enjoyed. And Buddhism is all about breaking out of that cyclical nature of life and, and reincarnation and and becoming enlightened and move, moving into nirvana and maybe understanding both sides of the force and being at one with the force in its totality mm-hmm. instead of it having to be a dualistic nature and we have to be a good Jedi or a bad Jedi. You're Are you 100? a good witch or a bad witch? You know, like w- it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Right. And I feel like the more in tune you are with the Force in all of its aspects, the stronger you are as, as a Jedi, as a Sith, whatever. So that's what I really loved about Last Jedi. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. So no, you're 100 percent hitting are. on exactly what I one of the main things I want to talk about. Great. So let's as, do it. Before we're already kind of getting into this, so let's listen to a little bit of the trailer for The Last Jedi. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Let the past die. Become what you were meant to be. 
going to go the way you think. need someone to show me my place in all this. That was a little bit of the trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Uh, obviously, this came out in 2017 to much critical acclaim and very divisive audience response. Uh, even now, you say you just comment on any internet thread, just say The Last Jedi, and it's going to piss people off. Um, but regardless, <laughs> as much as people want to complain about the movie, it made $620 million domestic. It was the highest grossing movie of 2017, $1.3 billion worldwide uh, against a $317 million production budget. So it was... One of the more costly Star Wars movies, I would assume, uh, and nominated for Oscars and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, you kind of already talked about why you chose this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Is The Last Jedi the best Star Wars movie? Ooh, that's tough. Are we including, like, Solo and Rogue One? I mean, you can or... include them, and I still wouldn't put them anywhere near the top know. for me. I don't know. This one's kind of... I really love The Force Awakens, but this one... I don't. I just feel such an affinity to it. Mm-hmm. So it may not necessarily be my favorite favorite, but it's the one that hits closest to home for me. So yeah, maybe it's my favorite. I'll just uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll just categorize it. So to what do you attribute that feeling hitting close to, to close to home to you? Is it the spirituality mostly, or that in kind of the female leadership kind of uh, traits as well? I like the fact that she's a nobody. You know, and that, and that, yeah, she may not have all of the training. Oh gosh, there are so many complaints. She's such a Mary Sue. She, she, she learned the force in 30 seconds. I mean, but did she though? No, that's what I was just thinking about this morning. It's like this woman has been on a, on a desert planet for most of her life. I mean, and, and just abandoned by her parents. That's a rough life, you know, and training with her staff. I mean, she, she's not a, you know, she's not a fluffy little Pollyanna type woman anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where they get that whole Mary Sue thing from. But right. um, yeah, it could be the female character, but I really just loved how they delved into the training. I also loved how Luke kind of turned his back on it and he realized that the ego is not where it's at. His hubris of being, you know, Master Skywalker. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're not seeing all this this kind of virtue signaling. I guess is maybe what I'm. It's it's not so goody goody as the originals were, where there's very much clear cut right, right and wrong. You know, it's definitely a little bit of a gray area, and I think that's what's closer to um, understanding the force is that, yeah, you're you're gonna have that good and bad. And you're still can be a whole person, you know. Yeah. There's not this dichotomy between the two. There's not a there's not a fight between the two. It, it feels like a deconstruction of the franchise in a way. It, yes. It, it's like, are you from? Have you seen any of uh, Ryan Johnson's previous movies? He did Looper. Yeah. He did uh, the Brick, the Brothers Bloom, and then he has a new one coming out called Knives Out that I'm really excited. I did to see Looper. Knives Out looks really good. Doesn't it? Yeah. 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 
he tends to try and take a genre and then blow out the the possibilities of, of what you know what you can really wring from it. Uh, and I think in this one, it does feel like he is he's like, well, what is a Star Wars movie? What do we think a Star Wars movie is, and how can I invert that? And yes, and, and, he turned every yeah, notion on its head, which is why everyone wants to complain about it. And, like, oh, we see character growth. I mean, we see people changing and learning new things and and maybe uh, regretting some of the things that they did before, you know? And it's more human to me. Right. It's, it's not so much this, like, space opera that's kind of kooky and... And, uh... and I think the performances reflect that, too. I think if you look at the prequels, especially, the acting is very wooden and oh, they're basically... The, the people are... The actors are just props for... The spectacle and yes, I agree, and I, on, agree I, on that. I think they're you know, I still love Revenge of the Sith. I have very mixed feelings on the other two, but I you know I think that that kind of limits how far you can take the story and how much you can connect to it emotionally. Right. Whereas in this one, it feels like everybody is kind of set loose because we're so not mm-hmm. it's no not what we're used to seeing. Yeah, from the prequels Star Wars. were very much about politics to me. Yeah, which. I, you know, I'm, I'm about the human being. I mean, I have a psychology degree, so I'm more about that journey within uh, than, you know, what's happening with the Senate and all of this other... <laughs> Taxation of trade routes. Right, right. I mean, that was just like, you know, so that's where I enjoyed this one. And they're not, they're not so um, clear cut, you know. It's, it's a little bit more of a gray area and you kind of see the interaction of, of the good with the evil and, you know, the finger-touching sequence, which I just freaking love. So <laughs> can't wait to talk about that part. Yeah, it is, but, it's more philosophical and spiritual than it is political. Yes. And Star Wars has always been inherently political, but it, it, this one kind of sets that aside for a minute to focus on other yes. other issues. There is some of the like political the rose, stuff. The rose and the fin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as what's happening with Ray, like I'm all about that. I want I want to see a whole movie just about that mm-hmm. and about her relationship with Kylo and um, just the two of them developing and and kind of playing off each other and where it goes. And so I'm really hoping that's what we're going to see in mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! <laughs> as of this recording, we still have a couple months, but we're getting I know, there. No, we're getting there. So oh. I was I was thinking that one of the best, one of the easiest ways to kind of go through this was just to go subplot by subplot. So we'll take okay. the Poe storyline, then we'll take the Ray and Kylo, the Raylo section. Get your head out of your cockpit, Poe. Gosh. <laughs> Which was a line that Carrie Fisher came up with. Oh. She kind of helped Ryan Johnson with a little like little bit of this. She was a script doctor for many years, so she kind yeah. of helped him fine-tune some of that, and that was obviously a Carrie Fisher oh, edition. We miss her so much. I know. I know. I like you have your Leia shirt yeah, on. Yeah, I got my Leia shirt. Um, so we'll talk about Poe, Ray, and Kylo, and then Finn, and then the finale where everybody's okay. kind of together. So starting with Poe, I really, I mean, I think this is one of the, I feel like the Rose stuff gets brought up the most as to why people are pissed off about this movie, but I think for the toxic male side of it, I feel like this is the subplot that is really, you can really hang that on. Because the story starts out and uh, Poe is already kind of, you know, you get a little of that playful energy with him in General Hux when he's like, oh, I have a call from his mother. 
Um, and Hux, kind of pasty. <laughs> general and Hux. Hux is actually a fun character in this one. He was didn't do anything for me in The Force Awakens. He was just yeah. basically had that one big scene where he was not seeing so out. Angry, yeah. You're like, we will destroy this. I like that actor a lot, though. Yeah, I do too. And that's why it was a little bit of a bummer in The Force Awakens. I didn't feel like they gave him much to do. Mm-hmm. And here, right out of the gate, you're like, oh man, Hux is kind of like fun. Like he's an being interesting slid character across now. the floor yeah. and stuff. It's great. He's like uh, Snoke's little bitch, and then <laughs> Kylo's little bitch. I mean, that's you know made him like make they made him kind of a, a comic relief character in a way, but yes. still imposing at the same time. Uh, so I love that. And uh, so the big the big opening sequence involves Poe. Leading a uh, leading a flight squadron to take out mm-hmm. this massive the ship called the Dreadnought, mm-hmm. exactly, and going against Leia's orders. Oh, that pissed me off! <laughs> going she against- shuts it off right when she goes to say order. Ooh, yeah. how dare you? So- how dare you? <laughs> so uh, the big my big takeaway here with this one is that I feel like this is really one of the first times that I've actually cared about the rebels, like. You know, you see the other movies, and yes, I care about them because it's Luke there, because it's Leia, Han, whatever. But this is the first sequence that I was like, oh my God, were you losing our, our you know. Yeah, it's not so much like Star Trek red shirts where you know, right. where you know they're going to yeah. be just uh, completely dismissed. Or it's just like I, I like tune out when they're like, oh, red leader. I'm like, I don't know who you people are. I don't care. I'm paying attention to Luke. And then there's a bunch mm-hmm. of uh, Porkins and other people just showing up in there. I'm like, yeah, okay. But in this one, you actually feel for it because they focus on Rose's sister. Yeah. And I, I, right out the gate, I just, the way this movie is shot, the way that, you know, the, the cinematography, the score, it, it feels like this is the most gorgeous production of any of the Star Wars movies, but by a significant margin. Agreed. Agreed. We were, before you started recording, we were talking about John Williams, who, I mean, he just, he can make or break a movie. Like, the, the score is just amazing. It's just amazing. And the technology, obviously, we're getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. So it's got to look better and better every time, I think. You know, with yeah. high standards, especially with Marvel movies, you know, what they can do. So, yeah, that first, that first shot where he's going around and destroying all the cannons is just awesome. And then the, the silent moment where Poe is like, you know, fire. Oh, fire. yeah. And Paige is trying to get the remote. Uh, Very and, dramatic. And, yeah, mm-hmm. wordless. The wordless. Like I don't yeah. even think Paige has, Paige Tico has a line of dialogue in this movie. It's just all visuals. And she's so traumatized by what she's seeing, right. with all the other bombers being blown up. So it's great, great. It's like rivets. Uh, it's great. I would just wish she would have climbed up the climbed up the ladder and actually got out of the the ladder, you know, or else she wouldn't have fallen. But you know, that's yeah. that's what you hope. That's what drives the movie is these things that you wish didn't happen. Exactly. So yeah, and you feel like you know right from this opening sequence, which is roughly I'd say probably the first 15-20 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. is this whole dreadnought thing mm-hmm. uh, it lays the groundwork it sets the stakes for Poe's recklessness and his arc it sets the stakes for the resistance and they're kind of their last legs that they're based this, is, this movie based, essentially chronicles yeah. their last stand Yeah. after that opening sequence it's like a few hundred rebels and that's it in the galaxy 400 I yeah. think she says yeah. Yeah. On three ships, I think. And they're like, we need yeah. to keep this. We just need to not die and survive this uh, and keep the cause alive. This was an opportunity for them to also start complaining about the movie with the bombs. Oh, how the bombs, the gravity and oh boy. Oh, wah, 
Yeah. All of a sudden, like physics matter in a Star Wars movie. (laughs) Get over it, people. But yeah, it was a really intense scene. Yeah. And then, then when we find out that they're they're being tracked through light speed, scary. scary. I mean, they can't get away. So. I, yeah, they, you're like trapped. They're trapped in a corner. I mean, they're moving, but they it feels very much like they're trapped in a corner. We have them on the edge of a string. Right, exactly, says, exactly. This is also, let's just get this out of the way. This is probably, I mean, I love Empire and I love Force Awakens and, you know, A New Hope. Those are, and this, those are probably my top, did I say five? <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> are my top four. four. And then maybe Revenge of the Sith after those. Right? But this is easily the best script of all the Star Wars movies. I mean, I, I think. I, I would I, agree with you. It's it feels like, you know, Empire is is great, but it's also, I don't think it has as much going on. I don't think it's as rich in its themes and its commentary. And you were saying about it, the spirituality right. aspect of it. It's deep. It, yeah. Yeah. This there's so much to dig into in this one. That's why mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk for two hours, but we'll let's keep keep on task because otherwise we might go on a tangent mm-hmm. and then. Um, you know, go on for a while. But there's there's a lot to talk about in this one. I think it's. And I, I don't know if that's a testament to Ryan Johnson's talents or the fact that the saga is just at that point where they need they need to do something new. They need to do something fresh. Like if yes. this movie had felt like Empire Part Two, then people would have just you know complained about that. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's for me. A lot of people love Solo, and I think it's fine. That just feels like Star Wars being like, all right, let's just throw these objects in a blender and hit, do another right. Star Wars. Um, there's there's nothing. That does it doesn't really do much for me. It's a very it's it's okay. It's yeah. Kind I didn't of a feel too Star emotionally Wars. connected to that one. Right. I felt a little bit more connected to Rogue One than Solo. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but yes, it is deeper and richer. And I think people who don't like the film or maybe not not like it, but they hate it, either don't understand film or they don't understand the Force or they don't understand humanity and. I mean, it connects on all the, all the levels. There, there's action, there's drama, there's romance. I mean, it, it depends. What's on, not to like, people? I mean, I agree with you. It, it's obviously it's entirely <laughs> subjective, but I think it depends also how much you're in love with the Star Wars formula. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you, if this movie kind of breaks from that formula in in many ways, as we sort of already sort of already started to say mm-hmm. and if you're one if you're a person that clings to well no a star wars movie is like xyz and then this movie's like what about zyx and you're like wait a minute that's not what star wars is supposed to be so i don't know if that, that I, I think that's why you get a lot of the males responding to the fact that poe is set up as this hero is like essentially kind of the han solo of the mm-hmm. of the resistance and then immediately is demoted <laughs> like five minutes into the movie they're like wait what why is the hero being demoted? I mean, granted, it makes sense in the context of the movie, but I feel like they're coming to it with that. I've never seen that before. That doesn't feel right. What but, baseline do they have to work from? Because there are the originals that are their own thing. Then there are the prequels, which are completely different things. So, what were what exactly were they expecting? You know, right? I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I'm playing devil's advocate here, <laughs> being like, maybe this is what the issue was, and, and, and you know, that's the other. That's another issue that I, another thing that I think this trilogy is really weighing the pressure of. This has to try and marry the prequels and the originals. And that's where, you, you know, which is not tonally, an easy task which is not. No, because like you said, they're like night and day they in really a lot of ways. Are. 
So I think that that's, you know, for a certain, I think there, I think there's certain fans that have their own, you know, legitimate, if they, however they feel about the movie, they didn't care for it because of whatever. Oh God, he drank the milk from them. But the guy likes drinking milk. I mean, we saw that in the first one. That's true. It's true. Come on, people. But now it's green. Before it was blue. So I I guess maybe it's when the green milk has to get pasteurized to make it blue or something. That's my headcanon. Um, but I think there are people that have legitimately, like, you know, legitimately like, have mixed feelings about the movie. And then there are the people that are like, what? A woman in charge? That's weird. Uh, so I think that's, you know, going into this part, I think that's definitely part of why the Poe storyline is definitely part of why some people will respond to that. The fact that Poe is reprimanded by Leia, uh, that, you know, it's very much Leia and Holdo in charge. And that, you know, the women are right and they're leaders and their role in this story is to, like Poe's role is to learn from the women in, in the resistance. And I think to a certain segment that could turn them off. And uh, but for me, I think that's a really interesting, like, again, deconstruction of the hero, the like impulsive hero, the Han Solo mm-hmm. like archetype right. is like, well, maybe you don't always want to just rush in and shoot things, which mm-hmm. and I love how they... They kind Jump of in that. an X-wing and blow some stuff up. Yeah, I love that. Um, but Paul is demonstrating the hubris that Luke is talking about. He's right. T- he's talking exactly. about this ego getting in the way of of what doing what's right and and what helps the majority of of your people. And that's what we're seeing with this man. He he's getting a little too big for his britches and. She, I love, I love the Laura Dern scene where she's like, where the Holdo scene, she's like, yeah, you're dangerous, you know? And she, she kind of has like, like almost a seductive. Like she's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, but nah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Job. Yeah, no, I love, I love it. That. Yeah, she's great. Uh, I, I really, and I, I think it's Leia's line where she says, he's like, oh, there were heroes on that, and on that mission. It's like dead heroes. No Not leaders. leaders. Yes. I thought that was really yes. short and sweet, but very powerful, actually. Very much so. Um, yeah. So that happens. Pose demoted, which, you know, wah, wah. fanboy tears everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then Kylo, meanwhile, we'll, we'll get to Kylo, but Kylo goes over there and uh, is can't, you know, fire on his mom. There's that moment yeah. that was revealed He's in the trailer. too, yeah. There was that moving moment revealed in the trailers that we were like, oh my God, is he going to blow up his mom? And no, no, no. The other ships come in and, and attack. So what are your, what were your thoughts on the, uh, the Leia force moment where she's floating in there? Oh and yeah. Where she's Mary flying. She's not flying. Okay. She's electromagnetically pulling herself towards the ship is what I perceived right. was happening, you know? And, yeah, she has the force. Like there's no gravity in space. It's not flying. Right. We didn't we didn't see her, you know, we didn't see her really demonstrate her skills or her ability in, in the original. So mm-hmm. for her to, after all this time, have gained some powers, yeah, what were you expecting? And she's the freaking general. I mean, come on, she's gotta be able to do something. So I loved that Ryan Johnson brought in these new these new Jedi mind tricks and these new abilities that they have that we weren't looking, you know, we, we didn't see in the earlier ones. Mm-hmm. And they're new and they're different. And wham, wham, we're going to complain about that too now. I mean, <laughs> you know, Luke projecting himself across the galaxy. Like, yeah, that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Right. It's amazing. It's it's awesome that he did that, you know. So I, I just don't know what to do with these people. <laughs> uh, I'm shaking no, my head. They established, I mean, I, if, you lo- if you look at that scene in Empire... Where 
Luke is reaching out to Leia, you can easily... Re- I mean, I, I don't think they meant this at the time because they weren't sure they were going to be related when they did that movie. Mm. But the... Um, you can easily read that as Leia kind of already sort of tapping into the forest powers that Hi. she has there. Then you you know, hinted at hint here and there. And I think this was the most blatant manifestation of that. And I really like that moment. I think it's really cool that, you know, obviously if she's about to die, that her instincts would jump in and she's able to propel herself right. over. Did you want her to die? <laughs> I mean, well, but it's, I it, it felt like she, it felt like, it might have been the moment that they just write her out because at that point she was already, you know, Carrie Fisher right. already passed away. So we're like, oh my God, is this how they write Leia out? That's the end of Leia? Uh, you know, when they when they, they blow up the the ship, Admiral Akbar, the... It's our trap. It was on oh, that ship. Oh, I was so upset when we lost him. Yeah. Uh, so I loved but, all that. And that's when Holdo takes over mm-hmm. and uh, has that whole scene that you mentioned. The flyboy scene. The flyboy scene there. The whole... She has her whole, like speech about we are the spark that will light the yes. fire that will I love that that will you know uh, burn the well he says it he kind of paraphrases her later mm-hmm. which I In which, the end. which yeah. is him learning the lesson finally right. and coming back around so I love all that spark that will light the fire that will restore the, the republic yeah, I wrote that down uh, so I, I love all that and uh, the fact that Poe clearly didn't he's like says that Holdo's not what he expected because he probably expected a dude. Right. Um, so I thought that was that was really cool. Uh, and she's not sharing her plan with him yeah. just because he's a man and, and demands to know. A lot of my notes are very are very uh, aggressive in that regard towards <laughs> toxic males that just have issue with Holdo because she's a woman in power. Um, <laughs> yeah, my note says toxic masculinity. Get your head out of your cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, I wrote. Uh, Holdo probably a big issue for toxic, uh, toxic toxic fans have too many strong women. Cry me a river, yo. Is what I wrote in my exactly. notes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So what do you think about the the whole source of the Poe and Holdo conflict, which is Poe just wants answers from her, but she doesn't want to give him the answers because it's none of his fucking business, really. Right. I think that, you know, there's an, it's easy to, for her, it's easy to, to argue that, oh, well, why didn't she just tell him? It's like, well, it's not his job. Well, he's, he's reckless. He's reckless. And he's then entitled. he still goes behind her back right. and executes a plan and doesn't tell her about it. So, <laughs> he launches, I mean, launches a mutiny. Well, her right, whether, like, Jesus. right. Whether she told him or not, I would think she was going to be screwed because he's just, he's impulsive, you know? Yeah. And she, she calls it, she sees it, she tells him about it, and he still does it. And so it's a self fulfilling prophecy. So, yeah, get your head out of your cockpit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I loved that. Well, this is kind of overlapping with the Finn stuff a little bit, but we do get a cameo from Maz Kanata, mm-hmm. who is unfortunately not oh, in the yes, movie. yes, he can. She's, <laughs> she's probably the horniest Star Wars character, right? <laughs> because clearly that's where that was coming yes. from. And then in the last one, she's like, oh, how's my boyfriend? She's yes. like, I like that Wookiee. I'm like, Jesus, Maz is going to get some. I love her, and she's you know she's not she's not the Jessica Rabbit you know right she's a little, uh, little yellow right, with exactly. the giant spectacles and her goggles. So I think it's great. I think it's great that they kind of brought you know they had sexual tension in the, in the first one, but it wasn't so blatant. I think right. it was a little bit more nuanced, and and yeah, she definitely brings it out. And you know Justin Theroux, I mean, come on, he's yeah, a yeah, black yeah. guy, so <laughs> I I can understand. But yeah, that that line is cute, and then. I think it's three three PO's reaction, like, oh, or, or well, I think Finn gives a look Finn, to Rose, yeah. like, the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Maz Kanata's just wandering the galaxy, just like living her life, being being single. She's doing and, her uh, thing. Yeah, doing her thing exactly. Uh, so Finn hands uh, the Finn has Ray's beacon and hands it to to Poe, um, which I, I like that Ray and Poe don't even meet until the end of the movie, which I thought was really right. cute. Right. I don't know if they're gonna put them together or anything, but I can see that happening. Well, there's the, and that's maybe, the thing, the love triangle thing. Right. So. Right. And maybe you know, if you look at it this way, Poe had to have the experience that he has in the Last Jedi to be worthy of Ray, if that's where they end up going. Of yeah, course, there's I a whole Ray and Kylo thing that we'll get into very soon. Uh, let's see, uh, Billy Lord, her character, this mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's daughter, plays she plays yep. Lieutenant Connick. She's even in on it. And by the way, have you seen Booksmart? No, it's I out on Blu-ray. Yet. You should see it. She's okay. great in it in like a supporting role. It's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, he calls Haldo a, tra- a traitor. I said about the mutiny that was really great. Uh, Leia comes in, and then the Holdo maneuver happens, which is her flying that ship, you know, going oh, to light speed. Oh, yeah. And I remember that was such a thing when this came out in theaters that theaters had, like, sign on on the door, be like, there will be, like, a 45-second thing in the movie. It's not a sound issue or whatever, that they were worried that fans were going to freak out. Oh. And be like, what happened? The sound went out during that scene. I thought that was such a, a really, such a, a genius way it was of, perfect. Of, of depicting that. Perfect. Yes. Her, her ultimate sacrifice. I mean... What what's not to love? What's not to love? Every part of this movie is great. Come on. Yeah, and the, the big revelation to Poe, at least, that Haldo's whole thing was that she was more interested in protecting the light than seeming like a hero. Right. And I think that's without the hubris, without, without the hubris, needing like, to have the recognition. Not yeah. to not to quote uh, Hot Fuzz, but the the greater good. I don't yes. know if you've seen, you've seen Hot Fuzz, right? Oh, yes. I love oh, that I love movie. Hot Fuzz. That's a great movie. <laughs> so it ultimately is revealed that the, the plan is for them to take the small transports to Crate, crate. The, mm-hmm. the salt planet, which uh, which is the home for the finale that we'll get to later. So I really like Poe's storyline. And it's, you know, obviously the, the movie's a lot more interesting to watch than it is for us to break it down like this because there's all the intercutting. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's... It's kind of, it's very straightforward, but I think it's ultimately really impactful for the character and for the franchise to have a, a storyline like this where it's, you know, get your head out of your cockpit, basically, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, not every, and this is something that in a way that Finn has to learn that we'll get to in a little bit later in the finale, that sometimes you don't, you don't, you don't save people, you don't make a difference by making the big dramatic gesture. Right. Where Finn's like, I'm going to slam into this thing and we're going to knock it out. And Rose is like, dude, that's not, you know, you could do that, but there's another way around it. You don't have to, like, mm-hmm. kill yourself. You don't have to go on a suicide mission necessarily. I mean, Holdo does, but that's, I think, a different case. But she's not like, I'm going on a right. suicide mission. Yeah, she's not like, I'm going to do this, guys. Right. She's just, she doesn't even tell anybody they're right. doing she's doing it. She just kind exactly. of stays behind and that's the move that she goes for. And I um, love the interconnection where you have one character talking about how you can't let your ego become too great. You have Master Skywalker talking about how his hubris, you know, caused the whole Kylo Ren thing to happen. And then we're cutting back to another character who's doing the same thing, you know. Right. His hubris is, is causing problems. And so, yes, you have to keep balance uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> keep balance in the force you know we can't act impulsively or with anger be rash and think 
think objectively. And, um, you know, if you are going to make that sacrifice, you can still be a hero without having to tell everybody that you're a hero. So. Right, yeah. The, the, the story of the movie is basically Poe, Finn, and Luke getting their, out of, their heads out of their asses, yes, basically. Yes, yes. And that's maybe it why it upsets all the fanboys right. is because, you know, they are being knocked down a little bit. Men don't, men don't automatically always know best, pretty much. But that's what that's where toxic masculinity is a right, problem. Exactly, and, I agree. And I think that's that's a great part of this film is mm-hmm. that. So yeah, if you were bothered by it, maybe you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, before you wreck your your X wing, your cockpit. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so moving into the, I'm saving we're saving Finn for last because it dovetails most neatly into the okay. the finale, and also because I don't want to wait any much any longer to get to the the Raylo of it all. Yes. So. Ray shows up, meets Luke, and this is the first Star Wars film to pick up immediately after the last one ended, mm-hmm. which I love that. And again, with the the subverting expectations, we we were watching the last one be like, oh, he's gonna pick up sabers, be like, hell yeah, I'm gonna run to the rescue, and he immediately just he chucks just it over his tosses it over shoulder. his shoulder, and he moves on. And of course, everybody was angry about that because. Gosh, we have to hold the lightsaber on a pedestal, you know? I mean, that's what the whole thing is about. Well, it's also, it's it's such a different turn for Luke because he has always been the, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and turn my, you know, turn Vader back to the good side and I'm going to go take on the Empire and all this other stuff. That was how he was. Of course, it was also when he was like 30 years younger. Right. And less, you know, had been through less life experience, fewer life experiences and such. And even Mark Hamill was kind of reluctant with the story. Like, I don't know, this is not what I was thinking you were going to do. But, you know, I think he came to accept it. But he was probably kind of jarring for him to read the script and have it go that way. But then... But it's more human. Yeah. But it's also like Luke went to all these lengths to isolate himself. Why would he then grab the saber and be like, you're right, I should go back. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Like, that doesn't make any sense. He's a broken down man. Do you think that at this point he's going to pick this lightsaber up and, and... just forget everything that happened that has caused him to isolate himself on this island. Right, no. like like he said, what did you think was going to happen? Right, he's going to go take his laser sword and exactly. and, and face the whole does, army, though, which is kind of awesome. Does. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I like I like that part of it. What do you? You know, we're kind of going a little slightly out of order, but what what were your thoughts on his rationale for why he cut himself off and uh, why he decided to? That it was time for the Jedi to end, basically. I th- I think it was a, was shocking to him that at first he didn't want to kill his father, but he was kind of willing to kill his nephew, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he realized how wrong that was, and it still backfired just tragically and tremendously on him. So, and I think that's more more akin to real life is that as you grow older you become hardened you deal with difficult things you know adulting is not so easy and making these decisions is not so clear-cut and black and white as when you're younger and so it was it was really amazing to see that he's changed and he's different and he realizes that his ego has gotten in the way of maybe what's right and what's what's good and what's best for, um, you know, not only Ben Solo, but for his, his other students and, you know, the fate of the galaxy in general. So I loved it. I loved seeing that he wasn't, 
you know, as gung ho and and uh, you know, ready to pull on that hero mantle and save the universe again. Well, and the, and the Jedi are supposed to be keepers of the peace. They say that many, it's a few times I think in the in the prequels at least, that when there are are more than a couple Jedi at a time, and ultimately that's his whole thing. Like he ends up saving the day by not really fighting. Well, that's why I wanted to talk about the deleted scene. Mm -hmm. There's a deleted scene where the, where Ray, uh, it's right after she says, you know, Kylo failed you, but I won't. And she goes out and she sees ships approaching and he tells her that it's a raiding party. They're coming to take the little fish ladies. They're so cute. The, the little, little fish, fish nuns. Ladies. Yeah. Um, and they're coming to be raided and pillaged. And so she automatically reacts and she's like ready to go, you know, just as he would when he was her age. And he says a true Jedi would do nothing unless it helps maintain balance mm -hmm. in the force. And of course she still run, runs and it's a great scene of her running across and and like almost running vertically down a cliff, it's pretty crazy. And she gets there, and they're actually having a party. And he's laughing, and he and and that's like a Mr. Miyagi moment for me. And I really wish that they wouldn't have cut that scene mm -hmm. because it it also ties into the Buddhist and the Taoist uh, religions philosophies that the the sage does nothing, and still everything is fine. Everything works perfectly. So. I really wish they would have kept that scene. They maybe could have cut some other ones, but that one should have stayed. Mm -hmm. no, we'll, we'll get into the whole force discussion scene with, okay. with Ray uh, shortly. But I, wanted, I, want to, I don't want to move too far ahead on Ray without talking about your boy Kylo Ren. So oh, he's, he, I love that they, 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 uh, they really amp up the rivalry between him and Hux. Yes. Kind of, they're like siblings kind of vying yes. for Snoke's favor. Early on, I thought that was great. And, uh, of course, again, furthering the deconstruction of the franchise, he gets all pissed off because he gets chewed out by Snoke uh, mm. as being a child in a mask. He's like, oh, you're never going to live up to Vader. And then... Yeah, like killing his father w wasn't, en wasn't enough. Apparently not. You know? Apparently not. That's why he literally goes and almost kills his mother, too. Um and I feel like this is this is to me the film in which Kylo Ren is really I don't know if this is a word but iconicized like this mm. is the one where Kylo Ren feels like he's he's an icon on the level of Vader like I loved him in The Force Awakens but in this one you really get more into his head you really understand even more where he's coming from mm -hmm. uh, you see his struggle between you know between trying to be Vader or trying to forge his own path, between letting the past die or finishing what Vader started, like he says in The Force Awakens. Um, he's also, and this kind of goes to your spiritual thing, he's he's also a perfect balance for Rey in that he is, that has he has both light and dark in him just like she does. So it's right. the kind of the yin-yang symbol. Yes, sort of thing. which is on the reflecting pool. In, in, is it really? Yeah, well, it... it it's it's not a yin yang, but, but it similar. looks like it. Yes, it's a when they go up to the top of the mountain and he has her sit on the the uh, the stone. There's a reflecting pool there, and it's very much black and white. It's got a Buddha on it. Half of it's black, half of it's white. It's not a Buddha. It's supposed to be a Jedi, but it's a Buddha. And so yes, it's got that that balance of the darkness and the light. And 
one of the, the Buddhist um, sayings is that if you meet the Buddha on the road, you kill him. And there's also talk about killing your mother and your father. And so it's very metaphorical for me because enlightenment is about removing social conditionings mm -hmm. and the labels that you, your identity you place on yourself. And that happens through your conditioning, mostly through your mother and your father. So when they're saying, kill your parents, let your past die, kill it if you have to, that's about achieving non-attachment, Buddhist non-attachment, and so that you can achieve enlightenment, mm -hmm. which is really, to me, what the whole force is about, right. is, is you know, not being the black or the white part of the yin-yang, but being the full circle of it and having both of those aspects to yourself and i feel like the that it's more of a expansion in opposite it's not a pendulum that's swinging from one mm -hmm. to the other mm -hmm. but it's expansion into both of them and the greater potential that you have for good is your greater potential for bad and it's really about keeping that balance maintaining that balance and i love the reflecting pool i don't know if you, you if you noticed it at all i may not but, have not this viewing at but least but you too gotta busy check it again you gotta check it again because it's right there i mean to be honest i'll probably rewatch this again before i see the rise of skywalker i yeah i own it <laughs> uh, i couldn't find the disc though so thank you netflix yeah right for having having it uh, available, but that's where I really connect with the movie is mm -hmm. that it's about this, this spiritual journey and uh, the, the movement towards uh, self-awareness, self-awakening, and, um, and not having everything be a dualistic nature, that it's not a fight between good and evil. It's, it, it, it is, in a way... But that's where you achieve the balance is that you don't fight. You step back and you do nothing. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I just love this movie because that's what it talks about. That's where you're trying. And you're seeing Luke trying to attain it after he's kind of the pendulum has swung for him. And you see Ray trying to learn it. And you see Kylo dealing with it. And so it's all about human struggle for me. And it's a great, great movie. Yeah. I, Period. One We're of done. The, <laughs> end, end of podcast. Wait, we have the other half of the movie. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that, that's actually been one of my ongoing things that I feel like the Rise of Skywalker needs to address is what is balance of the force? Like, what yes. does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of the conclusion that I've come to. Apparently, there's a concept in the expanded universe. You know, I don't, I haven't read many of the books mm -hmm. or comics or whatever, but apparently there's a concept called the Gray Jedi that is basically what you're talking about. And I, I think that it does appear to me, and this is kind of my conclusion as well, that it is more of what you're saying, embracing the whole. Yes. And I think we're really seeing that in this trilogy with Kylo Ren being the dark that, that has some light in him and Rey being the light that has some dark right. in her. And I, I, yeah, I mean, the whole saga has really, if you think about it, built to this, built to this conclusion because... In the uh, in the original trilogy, there's hundreds or thousands of Jedi, and there's like you know two Sith lords. And then by the end of the prequels, not the original, the prequels, and by the end of the prequels, there's two Jedi and two Sith. And then you know it's not the fact that the Jedi are in power, the Sith are in power. There's this number of this and this number of this. It's the fact that you keep it just keeps flip-flopping the, the balance has kept flip-flopping mm -hmm. to light and dark light and dark light and dark 
all the Sith being dead and there being two Jedi or whatever, that's not balance either. It's like... Right, because the balance has to be internal. It right. has to be... You have to be one with it within yourself. Exactly. So if you have... So, yes, dark, what darkness rises and light to meet it. I mean, that's where... As, as a macrocosm, you have to see it as, okay, if you have one person who's evil, quote-unquote evil, then you have to have the balance to it. Right. But if you have the balance internally, then we don't necessarily have that problem. Maybe we can stop the wars and we can stop a rebellion against a, a first order and and we can have true peace because right. there is balance. But that balance has to start within first. And that's where I feel like The Last Jedi comes in, is that it's this is what it's saying, you know. That's its message, mm-hmm. is that you have to uh, journey within first and and reconcile these parts of yourself within so that when you do go without and you, and you take action in the world, that it is balanced and it is peaceful. And you don't have to fight. It's not a conflict. Because... Right. In reality, you're not either one of them. You're stepping back and being, you're actually the whole, the, the, the fullness of the entire yin yang. Or if you want to talk about the reflecting pool, you're the entirety of that reflecting pool. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's and a great the, and, movie. And the galaxy has been just in like constant struggle. I mean, at least in the canon of these movies, since episode one. It's just been war after war. There's the Clone Wars. This is a galactic civil war. It's just been constant struggle within that right. on a galactic scale. So it's really that internal struggle that you're talking about blown up on like the most macro scale possible. Exactly. And if you think about it, Anakin's fall was because the Jedi were all up their own ass about, well, this is how it is. No attachment. Attachment is forbidden. Possession is forbidden. Blah, 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 blah. Because mm-hmm. they felt like this is the way to do it. This is the only way, you know, all this, this strict rule structure and right. all that. Dogma. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the Sith are complete opposite. The chaos. We, only, totally. we keep killing each other. And, and it's like, can we find a happy medium between those two extremes? Because... Uh, Otherwise, this cycle is going to keep continuing over and over. Exactly. And for this to be the end of the Skywalker saga, it feels to me like that's the the end point that this story needs to get to, uh, to wrap up that conflict for the franchise Mm -hmm. and then grow beyond it. Right. So it's not even really just about Rey or about Luke or about any one of them in particular. It's about all of them. And that's another great part of this film is that we find out that, no, you don't necessarily need midichlorians or whatever to be a Jedi. We all are connected to the Force. It surrounds us and binds us together. Mm-hmm. So, And we all have to deal with this good and dark within ourselves. And so I'm really excited to see what The Rise of Skywalker is going to going to say and, and teach us. So we get some... Because we're about to get to that. I just want to... So we get some Porgs. What are your thoughts on the Porgs for a light light oh, interlude here before so we get cute. to more Porgs? I love Chewbacca's interaction with them. He just can't handle them, but he can't eat them. And When you have to imagine that's like that, that Porg's like little buddy or his mate or his brother or something right. that Chewbacca's about to like take a bite sad out face. Of. It's so cute. Uh, I, I think that the, this movie also has a really good... I can keep saying the word, but a really good balance of history in the franchise rather than hey remember this chessboard from the other one like the force awakens right, like, remember right. this little like training module yeah. thing that luke like like easy callbacks ex- yeah, yeah lazy lazy callbacks yeah. so, like you know 
to the point that if people consider that a negative to the film, I'm like, yeah, kind well, of. So I mean, I'll, complain I'll about concede everything. about that one. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe there was a little too much of that in the last one. Uh, but this one, when they do pull out the callbacks, they are really impactful. Luke stepping onto the Falcon, uh, R2 mm-hmm. and Luke's reunion, and then the, the, the shirt that you're having with uh, Leia's hologram. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really, not only in the context of the movie, Luke seeing his sister for the first time in a long time, with the eyes that he saw her when they were both, you know, what, 20 or right. whatever, uh, before he even knew who she was and the adventure that he's been swept up in since then, but also the movie coming out after Carrie Fisher passed away and kind of remembering where that character started and, and all that. Mm. Uh, that was, to me, a really powerful moment. And it kind of, you know, I, this is one of those movies, sort of like Avengers Endgame, where I got I get emotional at multiple points. Yeah. Uh, if I hadn't been taking notes, I probably would have gotten emotional even more so. But that, that's, I really love that moment, and I, I wanted to make sure that we called that out. Oh, definitely, because he doesn't train Ray without it. Right, exactly. That's what, what we need to push that him forward. A, that was a cheap move. <laughs> it's fitting that R2 would be the one to, um, to, to snap him back because, mm-hmm. because of that. Uh, so he, gets three, he gives her three lessons, the first of which I want to talk about. Uh, well, we'll get to Raylo in a second. But the first of which is that scene that you were talking about, where that we were almost mentioned already, where she's he's saying, "Do you know what the force is?" She's like, "Yeah, it's how power you have that you can control." It's rocks. <laughs> yeah, control. Yeah, control people and moves, lifts things. And she's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, no." And that's the other. That I think is is also a real clarification that she doesn't know the force. She can do stuff. She doesn't know how she can do it. Right. But she, you know, she has like a natural untapped ability with the force. Mm-hmm. Her fighting skills and her survival skills are because she lived on her own on Jakku right. for you know a couple decades. So it's just she's been able to fight herself, fight with the with her staff. Which if you look at her, the way she fights with the lightsaber is very similar because exactly. she's adjusting exactly. her weapon of choice. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't really understand the Force. She's not like she comes up like, oh, the Force is this. Like she hasn't learned it. anything. He's like tickling her with the palm frond or whatever. Yeah, I she's like, it. I feel it. I feel it. Uh, yes, yeah, that, that part was, is so funny. That was great. That was great. Mark Reach Hamill out in this with movie. Your feelings. And, Mark Hamill in this movie is 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 amazing. I think this is by by far by again a significant margin the best performance he's done as Luke Skywalker. I think oh, he actually yeah. has material to work with as opposed to. But I was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters like he, like he wasn't <laughs> a New Hope. Uh, but you know, yeah, his acting skills have definitely oh, improved. Yeah, in this movie. I, I like cynical. I like cynical, jaded. Uh, I love Luke him. Skywalker. I love him. Yeah, I think it's a more, much more interesting version of the character, so he's frankly. He's a re- reluctant teacher. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's teaching her about the Force and talking about, you know, she puts her hand on the That on is the such rock. a great sequence. I know you wrote really notes show. about it, so yeah. maybe you want to talk about that. Um, oh, I've... Uh, she says... Um, he, he tells her to... First of all, she's doing meditation, which is Buddhist. Right. Again, here we go. Um, he tells her to breathe and reach out with her feelings, and he says, what do you see? She says, the island, life, death, and decay. And I love how it just intercuts to every different shot of these well, things happening all in this one place. The porgs in their nest protecting oh its gosh. young, then later it being destroyed by the really waves. That was really my favorite part of the movie. Like, if you want to talk about getting emotional, like, that part yeah, was really I, where I it was for me. 
She says, the island, life, death, and decay that feeds new life, warmth, cold, peace, violence, and between it all, balance, energy, a force. And he says, inside you, she says, inside me, that same force. And he says, that force does not belong to the Jedi. Boom. That's what it's all about. I'm underlining my note. <laughs> Why? I don't balance know. Balance of the force. It's all about balance of the force. But he's trying to teach her that it doesn't belong to the Jedi. And that's what we're having to learn. And, and we find out in the end, we get to this, the little boy from Canto Bight. Oh, we that. still haven't talked about that. But, no, we'll get there. Um, that is my absolute favorite part of the film. Mm-hmm. Because we're learning something, I feel, that's not even just about Star Wars. It's about life yeah. for real. Right. Like, and so that's why this movie is just so beautiful, so eloquent in what it's telling you. And if you didn't get that and if you weren't moved by that, then you, you got to open up your heart chakra or something. I don't know. Something needs to happen because that is where it's at. And that was like the quintessential moment of the movie that I really just was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you just want to, it, it just, oh, okay. I'm speechless. It's great. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I love that scene. I mean, I posted it on my personal Facebook as I was watching this. Be like, this scene, guys. This yes. Is, this, this, it's the best interpretation or, or description of the Force. Well, probably in the saga, but it's definitely since Yoda was like, the Force, it binds yeah, us. Yeah, I went back and watched that after Between me you. and you, the rock, the yes. ship, blah, 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 that whole thing. Yes. Which I get similar chills with Yoda. Anytime you, well, we'll get to Yoda in a second. Um, anytime Yoda talks about the forest, I'm like, this is amazing. Exactly. Um, it's magical. It's it mystical. Is. It is. That's what, that's what Star Wars, that's where I love Star Wars. Right. That's what I love about Star Wars. I mean, you know, all the cute aliens and stuff. I mean, yeah, they're cute. But the, the fact that we're, that we're talking about spirituality, whether you want to admit it or not, that's what we're talking about. And that it's coming through in this sci-fi movie that was really kind of hokey at the beginning, you know, with with A New Hope. It just seemed kind of yeah. kooky and kind of weird and, like, it didn't well, really... Well, I mean, it, Lucas you know, was inspired by, like, the old, like, Flash Gordon serials and things like that. So it was more like, it would, you know, a, a, like a swashbuckly adventurer kind of thing. It didn't have... He didn't really delve deep into a lot of this stuff until, I guess, Empires when that started. I feel like he had to know what he was doing a little somewhat, bit. Somewhat he did, but, I mean, he didn't... Not not on this not to the level of spirituality that this movie gets into mm-hmm. or that Empire touches on as well, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this is the, that's the the epic the epic struggle of, of of good and evil, both within and without. I think is is the most fascinating aspect yes, of this. Not I the agree. space battles or things like that, and that's why I I also I've always been more drawn to the. Um, you know the the Jedi and the Sith, like that's the manifestation of that theme, mm-hmm. not the rebels. And that's that's why, like you know, like I was saying earlier, this is like one of the only times that I actually care about the actual rebels instead right. of like, eh, okay, we'll get to the other stuff, get to the Rey and Kylo, like the more interesting characters. Um, that I was actually more bought into it, and why that was such felt like such a change of pace for me because that's, normally I'm drawn more to the kind of thing that you're talking about. And you were talking about the, um, the callbacks to the other movies, and I love that she's talking about lifting rocks, and then we go back to the Empire, and he's talking about lifting rocks, and then at the end of the movie, she's lifting rocks, <laughs> you know? So those, those, are, those are the great 
little Easter eggs, I feel. Right. In the movie. Um, but yeah. And then with lesson two, she gets a history lesson, basically, about how shitty mm-hmm. the Jedi Order is. The legacy of the Jedi is failure, right. hubris, hubris, excuse me, hypocrisy, and I, I wrote ego, which he didn't say ego, but that's what I... Hubris is like, yeah, in the, in the neighborhood. But that's also, I think, a huge element that this film is trying to tie together both of the preceding trilogies, that he straight up name checks Darth Sidious. We've never heard Luke Skywalker talk about Darth Sidious before. Like, he met him, and obviously in Return of the Jedi, but he mentions Darth Sidious. He mentions the event, basically, of Revenge of the Sith Mm -hmm. and how they were so blinded by, like, oh, uh, you know, Mace Windu says in in episode one, yeah, episode one, The Phantom Menace, uh, Mace Windu's like, I do not believe the Sith could have returned without us knowing. Like, they're like, no, we would have seen that if some shady things was happening. Exactly. hubris. Exactly, and that's what Luke is talking about. They were so, like high and mighty that they were completely blind to the fact that the Sith were taking over the galaxy and they were just, yeah, I'm sure this is fine. Don't worry about it. The dark side clouds everything, I guess. Um, and that Luke was afflicted by it himself. And that's why he thought, right. ooh, I could tap into that mighty Skywalker blood. He had that and same And that's universe. essentially throwing the balance off, you know, when, when you're, when you're moving too far into your ego and thinking that you know everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that you you've got it all figured out, that's, that's another part of it that can throw the balance off because you still have to approach life with as a happy student and and learn uh, with each with each experience. So yeah, he thought, oh, he's Master Skywalker now and he's got it and and. He knows what to do, and it backfires on him. Yeah. And I love what um, Yoda talks to him about. I don't know if you want to go to that yet. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can we can go to that. Well, he says he says that oh that he that he failed as a teacher, and Yoda says, you know, you you heeded not what I was was trying to show you, which was to pass on what you have learned: strength, mastery, but weakness, folly, failure. The greatest teacher, failure is. So it's absolutely necessary as part of the journey. We can't just keep winning, winning, winning all the time. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you develop that hubris. You develop that arrogance. So the force has to knock you back down Keep to maintain that balance. So Speaking of moments in this movie that, that make me emotional, when Yoda shows up of in course. theaters, I was like... Oh! And, you know, I, I didn't really, I mean, I'm sure there were people online talking about, but I didn't know any, really any spoilers for this one, I don't think. Yeah, uh, I tried not I, to. Because I ruined the, uh, the end of Force Awakens for myself. Like, two days before I saw oh, it, no. they were like, oh, yeah, he's Han and Leia's kid, and he kills Han. I'm like, oh, shut oh. up, stupid, I'm pushing away, pushing away, repress, repress. <laughs> so, with this movie, I don't really think I read too much of it. I think I was still reading some of the fan theories. But I don't think I knew about the Yoda thing, and I'm mm. I've been avoiding mostly anything of Rise of Skywalker right now because I don't want to ruin right? that for myself. But when Yoda showed up, I oh, the chills again. Anytime Yoda says anything, I get like that. But especially when he's talking about the Force, when he's talking about the kinds of things that you mentioned, mm-hmm. the the lessons when he teaches him that, and he says, um, "We are what they grow beyond." That is the true burden of all masters. So I was like, "Oh my God, yes. that's so awesome!" Yes. Um, and apparently, Force Ghosts can summon lightning, which is a new a new thing too. <laughs> uh, See, we're learning new things about the Jedi and what they can do. 
But I, I wanted to, t- to touch on that. When you when you delve into the theories before you watch the movie, then you have expectations right. of things. That, and that's, that's why, why you get so disappointed. That's why I see a headline about new fan theory for episode nine. I'm like, no, don't, no, no, don't have going. a theory about it. Don't do that to yourself because then it's not going to meet your expectation right. and you're going to say, and it sucks, you know? And you're going to ruin the movie for yourself. Don't do it. I love Stop. that Luke is going to burn the uh, the tree of knowledge or whatever that is yes. to burn the books. Well, that's another that's another call to Buddhism is that you know the Buddha first achieved enlightenment underneath a tree, the Bodhi tree. Mm. So I love the fact that the, all this wisdom and knowledge is inside a tree, which it, it's also interesting that it kind of seems like it's almost a dead tree and it's hollowed out and right. it's kind of really not. It's a thousand years later, and the the death of the Jedi is imminent, you know? And so let's just burn it down because she already possesses what, what she needs, which is actually the books, you know? But Right. So, we go, so were you going to explain it? Or? I was going to say Yoda basically kind of punks Luke a little bit. Oh. Luke's going to go... Luke's gonna go burn the, the books, and then Yoda kind of stops him, and then so he summons decides the lightning. not to, yeah. And then and then it's like Luke's like freaking. Oh, I love that. He's I love like the slapping little, his little, knee. little trickster Yoda yes. is amazing. Um, but yeah, it's because she already has the books, and then she, you know, it's not really even necessarily about holding. And, and this is the thing: Luke is clinging to the past. In the mm-hmm. in the it's it's funny because there's all these pairs of characters luke is clinging to the past kylo ren is like we're gonna need to burn this shit down mm-hmm. uh he's darkness with within with light within him ray is light with darkness with her so there's all these like mm-hmm. again balance between yeah. all the different conflicts throughout the movie then it's I, muddy. I yeah i love mm-hmm. that there's a moral complexity in this one that is not in any star wars right. movies and i think that's another thing that maybe threw some people off they're like wait what am, wait, what's going on they this don't know not... what to think yeah exactly yeah because it's forcing you to think and make your own decisions it's not it's not it's more challenging a star wars movie yeah. than we've ever gotten sorry and it's... you had to think critically people <laughs> it's not it's like that it's not that pure comfort escapism right that right. the other seven movies previously right. are a little bit uh, well, and we that's got, not to knock we got to advance movie, at some yeah. point, you know? Exactly. Agreed. Agreed. They're trying to drive it towards a conclusion now with nine. So, uh, so yeah, that pretty much kind of ties up the Luke stuff for now. So now we need to get to, uh, to Raylo. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I like that they, uh, you know, are you, first of all, are you team Raylo? So much. I so want <laughs> wow. them to get together. Like I don't know I don't exactly know why, but I do. And yeah, everyone's called oh, he's an abusive boyfriend. But Well, he does. There is some you know, we'll get to Well that. when he says that her parents are nothing, she already knows that. Right. You know, she it's says not that it herself. Part. It's not that part. It's after he says that. He's like, Oh, you don't have a place in the story. You're nothing. But not to me. I'm like, oh snap. <laughs> That's like negging one oh one. True. It's but, like, I mean, he's he's got to grow past that. Uh, I don't know. I I feel very conflicted about Raylo. I mean, but there is definitely whether they end up together or not. There's some tension during those For like sure. whatever. I heard somebody. Refer My to note them has as, finger touch in all caps, underlined <laughs> with an exclamation point. The sexiest scene in Star Wars is just two hands touching. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There is. Um, it's probably my second favorite scene. <laughs> I heard somebody refer to those conversations as like kind of riffing on FaceTime, so they're calling it Force Time. 
Oh, so that's I really cute. like that. So I don't even know where I heard that. Probably a podcast or something. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that I guess for this purpose. Forced but yeah, they they have basically like three I think forced time conversations. Mm-hmm. One of them is broken up when she goes and has that little. There's a first the one. Little vision. Uh, then there's the second one where she says you're a monster, and he's like, Yes, oh. I am. And I wrote and that like, down. Oh. Like I was I, I wrote oh. I wrote that down. You're weirdly hot. That one. Yeah. Like, yes, I am. <laughs> In the sack. And you're like, damn, Kylo. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I mean, who is not, like, I don't. Who is uncomfortably Google, turned on by Google, this movie. Google Raylo fan fiction and you'll find oh, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, I'm not going to deny it. I've had some, I've had some of my own fascinations, but <laughs> uh, we really, won't go into that in this podcast. Well, you like Adam Driver in general. Yeah, he's pretty hot. Yeah. He's pretty hot. But. The bad boy thing, you know? Come on. Everybody, every girl loves a bad boy. <laughs> it doesn't boy. get much badder boy than No, they're like killing your own father. Yeah. yeah. You're like, but I can change him. I'm like, I don't right? know about that, oh. Ray. I don't know. I don't know if she can change him. I don't think she wants to. You know? She kind of leaves him in the She's kind of into leaves it. him in the lurch at the end, it seems. Yeah, yeah. And then she hugs Finn and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Let Finn be with Rose. <laughs> um, so I like the the, the forced time thing, the, the way that that progresses, that even with the that first conversation, he's like, you're not doing this. The effort mm-hmm. would kill you. And they're already seeding Luke's sacrifice at the end from that first moment that you have that mm-hmm. the forced projection or whatever we want to call it. I thought that was really kind of uh, elegant storytelling. That, and the you know, way they filmed it was so simple, too. Right, you know? exactly. Just a little eerie music and the back and forth. Yeah. And then in the dialogue, he's like, can you see my where are my my uh, surroundings? I can't see yours or whatever. I, I love all that. then she gets the shirtless shot, and she actually, why would you tell the man to put a shirt on? Stop. I was like, shut up. She's don't like, tell I can't, him that. She's don't like, t- I can't be turned on right now. Right. <laughs> I'm supposed to hate you. But look at those pecs. Right? <laughs> Um, that scene was really intense too. And she's crying. She's like, why did you kill your father? You know? Oh and, yeah. I love that. And that's really where I feel like it's metaphorical to Buddhism because he's saying, let your past die. And he's saying, uh, you know, shed the layers of, of conditioning, social conditioning that have made you what you are so right. that you can embrace what you, what you truly are, right. which is, you know, the, what I feel is the totality of the force. And so you can't do that if you're still this, you're still this orphan, you're still, and, and right. she's clinging to that. And of exactly. course, you know, we didn't, haven't even talked about her, her dip in the pool and, and her face off with the mirror mm-hmm. and everything else. So it's a great part of her character development is overcoming this need to see her parents or, right. to, or to project a parent into Han Solo or into Luke or whatever. And, and he's, so that's where I feel like, yeah, maybe he's doing a little bit of nagging, but I feel like he's also really teaching her something that she n- needs to learn so that she can move on to the next level. But so, he also goes so far as to kill his own father, which that's his rationale. He's like, Oh, you know, I had to, that was my weakness. Right, I think he took it a little bit too literally. Yes, I think so. Yeah, and then and when he a, got to his mother, he realized he couldn't do that because that's, the, do, the mother the is, bond, mother is bond, yeah, you know, the quintessential. I right. mean, you can't, you know, if he would have killed his mom, then I would have been like, oh, he's not sexy anymore. He's irredeemable. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so 
Yeah, because that's her whole, his whole thing is that you need to let let them go because you've been, in, in the first movie, she's like, she turns down a job with Han Solo because she's like, I got to get back and wait for my parents who are never right, showing up. Right, right. Uh, yeah, she's, 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 to she's that. living to, she's living in, on the hope that something that she knows isn't going to happen deep down. Uh, and that's why it's great that her parents are nobody. And, right. And when she does actually go to this mirror and says, I want to see my parents, she can't, you know, because it's not. It's not what she's supposed to be learning. It's not you know? relevant even. Right, right. At this point. She's she's supposed to be her, her own self. I really full hope unto herself. I really hope that they don't somehow retcon that somehow and be like, "Well, your parents were nobody, but your grandfather was Obi-Wan Kenobi or something oh, like that." Which yeah. I in worry an, that JJ might flip to maybe, it back around yeah, a little. to maybe try to pacify the Right. I mean, the, it, 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 in a way that would almost kind of work because she hasn't been clinging to her grandparents. She's been clinging, like she could still have that line somehow. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like the idea of her not being related to any of this yeah. in a way. So we'll see. I'm a little worried that you know having JJ do seven and then Ryan Johnson do eight and basically literally like smash the Kylo Ren helmet from oh, seven and like chuck the lightsabers, sub- like subverting everything that seven set up. Yeah, he didn't even and take. Then, he didn't use any of his scripts either, right? right? right. Abrams wrote the scripts for eight and nine, and he well, was I don't know like, if Abrams wrote it, but Lucas had notes for seven, eight, nine, and they were oh. like, "Yeah, we don't want that." But from what I read, it wouldn't have been that great. Uh, but having JJ do seven and nine, I'm worried that he's going to go back to what he was intending with seven and kind of overlook something oh, in eight. Oh yeah. So he said oh. he's not really going to do that, but uh, you know, I, I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to hmm. tie this trilogy together considering that the middle chapter and the most substantive thus far right. had, you know, is the only one be not being directed by J.J. Abrams. But that's, that's something we don't, we won't know until December. Uh, so don't ruin it, J.J. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, J.J. We have faith in you. So we get Luke and Kylo that, that story, I think it's very Rashomon esque mm. in that we get, the three st- the stories told from different perspectives. Yes, yes. Um, and we get Luke's version where Kylo turned on him completely unprovoked. Mm-hmm. We get Kylo's version where Luke was about to kill him, uh, and then Kylo just defended himself. And yes. then you get the truth, which is right. which I love that because you know that's always what they say. There's there's there's, there's always two truth. sides to yeah, your mm-hmm. truth, my truth, and the, your story, his story, and then the truth mm-hmm. is always the third one. And that's and that's when you're really getting onto something with your spiritual journey is is stepping outside of yourself and your identity and the ego that you've created so that you can learn tr- real truths about the mm-hmm. universe or in this case the force. And it's it, you have to do it. I mean, the way is very narrow right. to get to it. So, yes, I love that part. I love that part that Luke was maybe, maybe kind of making it seem like he was doing the right well, thing a little ashamed. bit more he than, he, it, than yeah. he was. Yeah, so we get the, the three versions, and ultimately it is... And would he have even admitted it if she hadn't, you know... Pushed him into to it and had that that nice little battle with him about it. Mm-hmm. You know that was great too. Yeah, the little mini fight with them outside, mm-hmm. and then uh, she, she go, tries to she hand him the saber, that. and she's like, "Are you gonna do it?" And he's like, "No." Well, then I guess I'm going to Ben Solo. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm she goes go, go meet up with my man. That's another one of the Empire parallels that she's in the middle of training and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go and and you know follow my heart," which is what Luke does in mm-hmm. Empire to go and and uh, save Han and Leia. And uh, yeah, we get that little battle with them outside with the staffs, and uh, she pulls, straight up pulls a lightsaber on him, which yeah. is again that little bit of dark that she's got that she's willing to to go that extra step. 
which which I I think works. Uh, you know, sometimes you you get your hands slightly dirty in order to get things done. Mm-hmm. I guess, and that's that's her. The complaint her way of was doing like, it. oh, he's Master Skywalker. Like he could have kicked her ass. Like I'm not trying to kill he, her. Right, right. So what was he gonna do? Right, you know. Uh, so yeah. So ultimately, they were both all the both the versions of the story were kind of true. It was kind of the the third. You know, they were both mm-hmm. correct, uh, which I, I love that. So then she goes off and heads to the First Order, and she meets with her, her future boyfriend. We get kind of shades of Return of the Jedi, where he's going to the throne room with her. Um, She's like, I'll help you. Uh, well, he meets her with, with cuffs, but still, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she's into that. He doesn't know. <laughs> um, so so I, I, I really I love the Snoke, not only the production design, that red room is oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. What a, what like, are, amazing... What are those guys called? The red guys? The Praetorian Praetor- Guards, That's I what think. I thought, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we find out that Snoke was manipulating both of them, kind of mm-hmm. playing both sides to get them to, you know, Kylo thought that Rey was going to turn, Rey thought Kylo was going to turn, and Snoke's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you both come here, and then I'll, you know, I'll... Uh, mm-hmm. Have my way with you sounds awkward now. Right? <laughs> That's not where I was going with that. But he kind of does. I mean... Yeah, That kinda. whole thing where he's... Puts her up in the air, and that's that was a little uncomfortable yeah, for creepy. me. Uh, I like that Snoke is actually interesting in this movie a little bit. Uh, I mean, he's kind of, and that's the other thing. People were pissed off that they killed Snoke. I'm like, who cares about this dude? You really want mm-hmm. just another emperor guy that's just? I can't the remember strings? the actor's name, but of Andy course, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Oh, he's amazing. And the visuals, the design of him is much stronger in this time because we actually see him in the flesh in this movie. Mm-hmm. In The Force Awakens, he's just on holograms. Hologram. Yeah. And uh, like the, de- the level of detail that they're able to do with the motion capture is amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really, really an impressive, an impressive design and impressive visuals that they were able to pull that off. Uh, and not only that, I also really, really love the uh that ray keeps fighting and he keeps diffusing her like she mm-hmm. goes for her lightsaber it flies around hits her in the head and back to his thing she goes for her, kylo's saber for two seconds and then you know he stops her but then he thinks he knows kylo ren so clearly yes. that yes and that if you notice he's kylo is turning the saber he's yes. turning his red, red saber as the blue so he's synchronizing it perfectly so snoke can sense that a saber mm-hmm. is turning but against the his one, one true enemy right yeah he can sense the truth of, of kylo's emotion and and what he's actually doing mm-hmm. but he's doing them both simultaneously yes. to throw him off and i thought that was really that was a great scene it was a really smart way to do it and that is such a such a cheer moment when yes. the saber comes flying and Snoke gets bisected, yes. that was such yes. a like, Whoa! and the music comes in. Dun, dun, dun. And then they fight the other bad guys <gasps> together, back to back. That's right. It's kind of hot again. <laughs> um, yeah. But then, then when they actually get rid of all the the Praetorians, that's when it. it it goes awry. It goes, yeah, it goes, yeah, it goes south, south again. Negging takes place, as we said. <laughs> um, but I, I also, yeah, I love that 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 battle is that moment, the Snoke death moment, and the battle easily Amazing. probably the the at least visually the the, spe- hi- <clears throat> the highlight of the movie for me. Yes, um, because we're seeing them both fight because there's this tentative kind of alliance between the two of them because <clears throat> because it upends expectations that you don't get Snoke as like the emperor again like in the third movie the, like mm-hmm. once that happens you don't know where the what's what's going to happen in the third movie because you assume that 
that would have been the third movie, like this whole throne room thing. Isn't there some some thought that maybe Palpatine's going to come back or something? That's yeah, he's yeah. on a poster. Oh, everything. he's on the poster. At the end of the trailer, you hear his laugh. The first no trailer. one's ever really gone, and then he's laughing. And, right. Mm. So, so, I, so we're I, just going to replace one big big boss with another. I mean, I mean, if it if it lends that sort of if if it satisfies the through line through all nine movies mm-hmm. by having Palpatine come back, then. I might be okay with it. I'm very curious about how they're going to do that. But don't set expectations for the movie, people. Right. You're going to be why disappointed. I, I didn't even. Yeah. I think there might have even been a second trailer or at least a TV spot or something. I'm like, nope, no more. I'm good. Oh, I saw you, that should, one. you haven't seen it? No, I haven't. You've just seen the one where she's in the desert and she, she's... The jump and the slow motion. You, so you haven't you, seen the second. I haven't <gasps> seen anything second. Dude. I don't know if I want to see Dude. anything else. Dude. Oh my gosh, I watched that last night. Really? I was having full body chills. Oh, I was crying. The music is amazing. I don't know if I should. Should I? Oh, anything I think you should, but... I'm trying. I told you I'm trying to hold I back. Know, I know, but it's really... Ooh. Oh boy. That yeah, sounds like it's, it's Raylo. Is it Raylo related? The ooh. It's there's some of that in there, yeah, in her development, and then she. I don't want to tell you too much if you don't okay. want to know, but I suggest you watch it. It's, if if you have, is it a, the, if you're is having it a full withdrawals, trailer? If is it a full trailer? Or is it just a TV spot? It's a full trailer. No, it's like a full trailer. It's, oh, it's way more involved than than the other one that they gave right. us. So, yeah, I would say if you're having withdrawals between now and December and you really need to get... You might hit. Yeah, you, well, need, after you this, need a fix. After this recording, I have no more Star Wars podcasts oh, until gosh. Rise of Skywalker. So after I see it. So I might I might need you to might do that. You might need to see it. I might need to watch this a couple more times. You might need to see um, it and then maybe you can record a little something on it. There you go. For a little little teaser for everybody. Or something. Yeah, because it's awesome. I, I watched it last oh, night. Man. All right, maybe Ooh. I need to watch that after this. Uh, and even in the even in the battle, you see the the differences in their fighting styles. Rey is much more passionate, and she's mm-hmm. like straight up like roaring in the in the fight with the Praetorian guards. Yeah. And Kylo's much more you know focused and graceful because he has Jedi training, and she's mm-hmm. just like, all right, this is how this works. I guess you swing it around she's like, like Amazon warrior. Yeah, princess. Basically. Yeah. basically. I love the t- the part where she throws him the lightsaber, and he just turns it on in the guy's face. <laughs> Oh, that part was so good. Great. Teamwork. Good times. Good nice, times. Nice assist, Ray. Teamwork makes the dream work. So then the time to old time to let old things die, that heartbreaking moment where she's like, All right, we're on the same team now, right? He's like, No. Nah. Well, he is trying to. He's trying to. He's trying, he's to, trying to pull her. her. I know. He even a, says, "Please." I mean, he I even know. asks nicely. You he know. Did. I mean, come on. Can you imagine if the two of them were together? Like how powerful they would be. Oh, this. But that's also the 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 Sith move. It's like Vader, like we can rule the galaxy as father yes, and son. True. And again with Padme, we can rule the. You know, I can overthrow him. We can change, make things the way we want them to be. Him, Anakin, and Padme. It's like. But yeah. maybe that's what maybe that's what the Force needs is two rulers to balance each other out. Maybe. Mm. But he wants to let all the all the rebels die too. So I don't I don't know. Uh, it's only four hundred of them. <laughs> wow! So your your alliance is clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then that happens. The saber gets ripped apart. Uh, yes. And then uh, the holdo maneuver takes place. I think yes. pretty much right there. Oh god! That's what I'm saying. The holdo maneuver is like the end of all three of these subplots and like the perfect bridge into the finale. That's why I was like, well, that's an easy way to break it up. And when Hux shows it up, uh, he's like pretty much ready oh, to kill Kylo. Yeah. Like, he's like, Hells yeah, I'm going to take sneaky. this over. 
and then sneaky sneaky it was and then Kylo Ren goes full on Vader style choking out Hux yes. and assuming leadership and it's like alright well now he's supreme leader of Ren I guess uh, so I, I like that moment, and it feels like this again. This is like I said, this is the movie movie where he becomes Kylo Ren. Really becomes uh, an iconic screen villain, yes. even more so than he was. Like I, I love him in Force Awakens, but in this movie, you're like now he's in charge of shit. Yeah, he does lots of things we don't expect. He he's much more complex than he was in Force Awakens. It um, was really shocking when he killed his dad, though. It was. It was. But he, this is where it feels like he really makes the decision to. He didn't kill his mom, but he still is really embracing embracing that dark side. Always oh, so hot. <laughs> that sexy dark side. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we're moving on to Finn. Yes. So Finn is obsessed with finding Rey, with taking care of Rey, making sure she's yeah. safe. And I mean, I guess The Force Awakens, if you think about it in The Force Awakens, pretty, pretty much all his motivation is like, I don't really know how to turn this thing off. I'm just here to, to get Rey. Like he, mm-hmm. he says to Han on... Uh, Crack. I'm, I'm blanking on the Star Killer base, I guess, and uh, and this is really the movie where he, he they were they touch on how much growth he has. That he doesn't yeah. really have any interest apart First from Ray trying in to the escape cause. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I like that Rose is basically a Star Wars fangirl. She's like, "You're Finn. You're the Finn from, yes. the, from Force Awakens. I saw it a couple years ago, <laughs> and now I'm standing next to you. This is crazy." Uh, I, I she really, still tases the shit out of him too. She which does. Is great. She does. She's a badass. I, I love Kelly Marie Tran in this, and it's very you know it's very unfortunate that people were so shitty to her mm. online and she's closing closed her Instagram account. I think she's like off social media because of they were she was being harassed and stuff, and that that's terrible. Not I really cool. like I really like her character. I think she's she's just the right balance of wholesome and, and fierce. I guess. Yeah. And it's also a type of character we've never really seen before. She's she's with the resistance, but she's not a soldier. She's like works on the machines in the back. She's she like just lost a her grunt. sister too, right? Man. Exactly. Yeah. It's a perspective that we haven't seen, you know, in the, in the Star Wars saga to date. In the way that Finn was kind of a you know a stormtrooper that turned against the First Order, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and I like that they're they're not just giving us well, here's another resistance fighter, here's another Jedi or Sith. Right. It's like we're seeing. A grander scope of individuals caught up in this conflict. And the message is that nobodies can be somebodies. Right. And they can be heroes. Yeah, we're really really uncovering all the major themes in this movie, aren't we? I love it. That's Uh, what we're here to do. It's true. It's true. Gentle (laughs) listeners. Rose and Finn, I think they have really great chemistry, but I didn't really... I don't know if it's necessarily romantic yet. I mean, we'll have to see what happens in the Rise yeah, of Skywalker. Yeah, Kiss was kind of yeah. He's like anticlimactic. Yeah, he's like I'm still kind of into Ray. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. And then uh, at the very end, like he's comforting her. Ray's looking at that, like what's going on over there? Yeah, what's well, up? What I happened th- to my man? I don't know? think she, she didn't have feelings for Finn though. I think it was more like, hey, I thought I had a, a, a I thought I had like somebody I on the hook I thought I had you here. on hold here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to see what's happening with Kylo Ren. If that doesn't work out, then I got my backup lined up right. here. Right. Um, because you know he clearly adores her, which you know I don't blame her. I don't blame him. I, I adore her too. Yeah, she's great. She's amazing in these movies. Um. And that's the other thing I wrote I wrote it wrote down here too. You have Finn and Rose and Poe talking to Mas Kanata in that one scene, and I'm thinking to myself, I just love this new cast so much. All these characters mm-hmm. are so cool, and all the actors seem like really, you know, they're such they're so talented. And they seem like really interesting people in real life and in the movie. So 
I really like all that. It's it's uh, it feels like every aspect of Star Wars is really engaging now yes. in this way, making it deeper and yeah. richer. The tapestry right. of of the un- their universe and you know why anybody would complain about that is beyond me. Yeah. So speaking of people complaining, Canto Bite. Oh gosh, we that needed that, that whole that people... thing. Well, we need we needed to have all right. that. Why did we need that? Because she has to give the ring. The, re- the resistance, the rebellion ring to this little boy because I think that he's gonna be in this next movie for sure. Maybe. I think so. I think so. We're, we have to see a new generation. We have to see what's gonna continue to happen. In a way, I kind of don't want that little boy to be in the next movie because it's more symbolic of they're inspiring other people. Right. It, you know, I actually I didn't really have where is that? I had that in my notes somewhere. But to me, it felt like the well, we'll get to it now, the broom kid at the end. It yeah. felt to me like the end of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It felt like... <laughs> That's what I was thinking last night when I was watching it. It feels like, like there's all these potentials can be out a there. Slayer. And yeah. yes, exactly. In, you know, we, everybody's kind of self-empowered. And you have to talk way. about my favorite TV show of all time. Of course, Rob. <laughs> yeah, of course. But that's what you it reminds me. know your audience. That's, that's the, bane, the big takeaway at the end of the Buffy yes. the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Is they do that. They do that spell and then they unlock all the... For the Slayer abilities and all the potentials right. across the world. So Buffy is not the one and only. Right. They're breaking free of these rules, and mm-hmm. they're you know they're opening up the possibility for you know for all these other people to achieve their potential. Yep. And I think that's very much what the Last Jedi is trying to say at the end. Plus, it's also kind of meta the fact that it, it, it Star Wars movie ends with a bunch of little kids playing with Star Wars figures essentially. Yes. And I love, I love that meta. as well. It, it, there's so much of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I'm so glad you brought up Buffy because <laughs> I thought the same thing last night. And I was like, yes, we're, we're learning that anyone can be a hero. You it, know, I almost, the, the force binds us all, whether you're whether you're a somebody or a nobody. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I almost kind of don't want there to be another movie because that's such a perfect ending. It really in is. A way. It really is. But I need to see more. I more, know, I know. But more. it's it's at least... Kai Ray or what are they? Raylo or Raylo. whatever. I need it. <laughs> I need it, folks. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. The Canto Bite uh, that that obviously is set up for the the end of the film, but also it it, it complicates the morality again. Where mm. look look at all these cool rich people and they're playing their games and they're having all their stuff, but look closer. And Ray, uh, Rose says, "This mm. is the worst people in the galaxy. Look beyond all the glitz and the glamour that's wowing." Uh, in and you'll see that all these people are profiting off of the death right. and destruction of and then D- we have that planets. scene with uh dj showing him in the in the ship like oh yeah he made this guy's making uh x-wings but he's also making he's making stuff for the good guys and, and the, the bad, bad guys, guys. Exactly. he's profiting from it you know so yeah yeah I- it was necessary I, I would have liked if they maybe would have cut down the chase scene with the um, the father with the fathers and put in that second that other lesson between Luke and, and uh, mm-hmm. Ray. But you know we can't win them all. That did feel like the most probably the most prequely se- sequence in the movie, just because you know they're running over the casino. Mm-hmm. There's like the little alien, the like singing. Oh! Yes, and, and things like that. We need that. We gotta have one of those lounge with the with the cre- exactly. With the, well, yeah, every movie. You know, kooky music. Mas Kanata's place was in the last one. Like yes. every yeah, exactly. 
And I love the the John Williams score when they go into Cantobite and like dun, 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 dun. exactly. It's, it was you feel like you're in a Star Wars movie, again, pretty much. You know? So yeah, we definitely needed that. That that great tracking shot coming through the casino yes. is amazing. Everyone's wearing black and white, and they're all yes, they're the, all quaffed, and then they're they're just looking at at Rose and Finn like what the, the hell are these people. Uh, you mentioned Justin Theroux has a cameo yes. there. JGL has a voice cameo. Yes. And I think Mark Hamill also does like the little guy putting coins in BBA. He does oh. the voice of him as well. Um, but yeah, this is, it's just kind of the most, it's the most in a way disconnected part of the movie, but I think it brings a lot thematically and yeah, it sets up that amazing ending. So mm-hmm. it's also the shortest section by far that I had for this three subplots because yeah. I think it does have the least amount of screen time. Um, we mentioned about the, uh, I like Rose's, well, her, her line, the lousy, beautiful town is a little cheesy, but it's like, I'll forgive it. I like what she's, what she's trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I'll get past that. So Benicio de Toro is DJ. What were your, your thoughts about the, the stutter is a little much, I think. Yeah. He was an interesting character. I, I, I could have taken her or left him. It wasn't. And then he double crosses them in the end. Bastard. So yeah, I wasn't a big fan of his. Yeah. Well, I wasn't a big fan. I think. But they're also like, oh, if this guy's a master code breaker and he could have gotten out of the cell, like, why didn't he do it in the first place? Like, because he wanted to have a place to sleep. And then these kids <laughs> come in and start bothering him. You know? Exactly. He's like, it's just like he's just he knows how to get out of there. He just wants to take a nap. Exactly. First. Then he'll exactly. get out on his own time. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not sleeping around here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and yeah. I like how, well, I do like how he gives her back her necklace. That was cool. That part was cool. Best conductor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's just basically there as a foil to push Finn to, to really, to just finally stand for something, I think. Mm-hmm. So again, the balance. Like he, Finn is like, I don't know if I care about this stuff. And, and DJ's like, I don't either. And Finn's like, wait a minute. I don't want to be like you. I guess I need to choose a side here because... Right. That's not cool. And just being opportunistic, and, and that makes me no better than the people at Canto Bite that are selling things to the good guys and the bad guys. Uh, but I, I love that whole thing that he says about oh, good guys, bad guys. It's all made up words. It's all a machine. Right. That whole thing. I, I love that message because again, it makes you really think about this galaxy and how things actually work within it. And you know that. Uh, and where do we maintain the balance, right. outside or inside? Right. Yeah. And then with the Finn storyline, we also get, and, and honestly, this is probably one of the few aspects of this movie that is mildly disappointing for me as a sequel to Force Awakens. We get the return of Captain Phasma for like two minutes, which yeah. I, I I liked. I liked. I thought that character had a lot of potential, mostly in just the design and like the history, the connection between her and, and Finn. So I would have liked to have seen that play out a little more thoroughly in this movie like maybe her be out for revenge or something like even if it was just set up and then she shows up at the, in this in this moment uh do you i mean well do you care at all about captain phasma first of all yeah i do i like her i like her character and there's talk that she may not be dead yeah like, i hope she, she's not i haven't seen I mean, anything about her showing up in the rise of skywalker but i would like she her took too. a nasty fall into some fire, so... That's true. I but mean, Darth Maul got cut in half and came back in, like, the expanded universe and then in Solo, so... Anything's possible in Star Wars. Like, we established earlier that physics is clearly not... You know, physics, biology, clearly the sciences don't physics, apply here. Physics, <laughs> So I would have liked a little more with, with Captain Phasma, maybe even just setting up that battle to give it more stakes. And instead, the way it plays into in the film is she just shows up and you're like... 
oh yeah, she's a thing. I forgot. Like they didn't really build mm-hmm. that up any and at all, which was a little disappointing considering that it's like then positioned as this epic showdown. Like oh, let's go Chrome Dome. It's like you, I, I thought you forgot about her like we did. I mean, you've been so focused on Ray and everything else. Um, but I, I, I like the way he like. He he smashes her helmet. You see her eye. Yeah. Of course, it's Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones. She's awesome. And then she says, "You were always scum," and he has the rebel, rebel scum, scum, which is a great yeah, line. So you get that really cool line. hero. I moment think they for also Finn. had alternate endings for her too. I think there was. Yeah. yeah, I think there was an alternate version of that. I think I liked the alternate version better, but yeah. I can't exactly remember what it alternate was. Alternate or like extended? I think there was more conversation with Maybe. them or something like that. Yeah, uh, that would have been nice if they would have put that in. I also like the running gag of every movie you think she's dead and she shows up again. That's why I'm like, I like I like her to show up one more time in the next one. Even if it's briefly and then get killed for real this time. Yes. <laughs> like a lightsaber through or something clear that you're like, you're not coming back from this. <laughs> um, well, it'll be the last one anyway. Exactly. So she, she's not coming back regardless. Yeah, we're not getting Phasma a Star Wars story <laughs> or anything. <laughs> that would be interesting got, though. That would be though. Yeah. I wonder if you know, know what her story is at all. And, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. Lucasfilm, you can have that idea. So, and then Finn and Rose show up on Crate. And uh, that brings us right into Everyone the finale. comes together. She show, they show up and they're like, oh, it's us, it's us, it's us. And thanks to BB-8 kind of liberating them on the ship, which then splits apart. That's why there's all the fire and stuff during the battle with Phasma mm-hmm. because of the Holdo maneuver. So mm-hmm. all that stuff. The Holdo, like, basically... Like drastically Moves, shifts everything, yeah. and and uh, pushes the story forward. Uh, I really like in the Battle of Crate the fact that the the planet's surface is white, yeah, and it ends up being salt. So it's like a visual callback to Hoth, oh, with the snow planet, mm-hmm. and then it's but it's also has that like gorgeous red imagery yeah, that is very that you know great. of you know blood and it's very visceral and then like mm-hmm. obviously gives us a tip off to whether whether or not luke is actually even there yeah if, really, if you pay attention later yes on. i noticed that when i was watching it last night i'm like oh his footprints aren't uh, causing any effect here mm-hmm. <laughs> almost like they thought this through and they should have paid attention kylo yeah but kylo's not that Kylo's not paying attention to anything. He's just full-on obsession mode at that no, point. No, he got totally fooled. He's thinking about the finger touch and thinking about uh, taking down <laughs> Luke. So what were you... I want every weapon we have to fire on that man. <laughs> and then the ca- the captain or one of the guys at the... General Hux. General Hux, yes. He's like, do you think you got him or something like that? That's a funny line. That's great. I love it. Oh, and, the, and then you're also seeing kind of the power struggle playing out. Because yes. Kylo's slams like, him against the wall. Oh, well, Kylo is like, oh, <laughs> focus all this, the, you know, the, focus all your firing here. And then Hux repeats it. And Kylo's like, dude, <laughs> you're like backseat commanding now. Uh, and then, yeah, slams him against, don't let your personal feelings get in the way or whatever. And it's like, Phew. slams and him against the wall. And then the other guy's like, right away, sir, right away. <laughs> don't, don't hurt me. <laughs> We've seen what you do to elevators, and then the last one, the computer, right. like smashing. He's got, oh, he's got yeah, a temper this, problem. He does have a little bit of a temper, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, a little bit is maybe being generous. Um, <laughs> so, so the rebels do their uh, get basically get ready for their last stand, and yeah. I, I think this is also some of the most beautiful photography in the saga too. The the ships going out, dragging, mm-hmm. you know, the ship, the old ships from this abandoned base that. 
that Poe like puts his yeah, foot right through. And he's like, oh, what the hell? Um, they're all like rickety and shit, and they're dragging against the the, the mm-hmm. salt. And then you have the walkers showing up, and just like the the way the sun like reflects off. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's really really great, really amazing uh, yeah. imagery in these in these more recent movies. Definitely. Uh, it's just a million a million different shots that I all want to have on my desktop wallpaper on my on my MacBook. I, I love it. It's so cool. And yeah, so then Ray shows up with Chewie and a whole nest full of porgs. Oh my gosh, it's so Falcon. cute. Uh, which which is a, such a real hero moment when they show up mm-hmm. and, she, and she's like woo and uh, Finn makes the comment like oh they hate that ship <laughs> uh, and there were people complaining like oh Chewbacca had nothing to do in this movie it's like yeah except for come and rescue them at the end and with his flight sequence that he had right he's know? also the one that breaks in uh, into Luke's little cabin yes. and gets his attention initially he's like Chewie. And he's like, where's Han? And I like that moment yeah, too as well. Yeah, that was a sad moment. But, um, but yeah, so it, it also, going back to what we're talking about hubris, it's also in this scene, it's really, that's the weapon that's kind of used against Kylo because Luke knows how much he hates him. So he's like, we're going to use that. We're going to use his ego and his like obsession, his like vengeance against him. And we're going to focus all of the, focus all of the first mm-hmm. order on me so that they can slip out the back. Yep. And, and I, I love that that, plays into you know the theme that we've been he talking about. He just went and faced down the whole army with his laser sword. He did. Yeah. Hmm. It's also just such a, a great like Star Wars epic kind of fun moment. The 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 Millennium Falcon and the whole battle sequence. Oh yeah. It's, Definitely. She's flying like through like the canyons and mm-hmm. stuff. It's great. The music again. We mentioned John Williams a couple times, but so awesome. Um, Cannot you can't say enough wonderful things about him right and his music well george lucas has said that he kind of sees these movies as silent films in a way and you can kind of mute it and just like watch it with them you know not mute it but take away the dialogue and the sound and just have the music over the images and you could still follow everything just fine just because that's that's how integral it is yeah i'm thinking specifically in the force awakens that moment when ray catches the saber i still get chills every time i watch it in the force awakens when the, the lightsaber is in the ground and the snow, and Kylo Ren's trying to get it, oh, and he flies yeah. past mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and then Ray, it kind of reminds me of the Captain America thing with the Mjolnir oh, yeah. in, in Endgame. Actually, it kind of goes like that, um, and then she catches it, and like the look of realization on her face, and she turns it on, and seeing it's a, like, a I'm one with the force, and seeing a female Jedi at that point too, and everything, it's like it feels like something important was happening for the yes. franchise in general. So that was really cool. So it's you know. This movie has a lot of moments like that, I think, where the music really comes to the forefront and sells a moment that we were saying about Rose's sister earlier. That whole sequence is like the bulk of that sequence is silent. Mm-hmm. Hold a maneuver, literally no music even in that, just just the image. So um, I guess we're kind of getting to the point about Finn and his his uh, suicide oh. run. What are your, your thoughts on the, the Ion canon? And it's like basically... His decision to sacrifice himself. It's kind of a half-baked decision, actually. It was, and I didn't really see why they were out there in the first place. Because it didn't really work. They still cracked open the door anyway. So it just seemed like they were unnecessarily putting themselves in harm's way. Right. But, I mean, it made for a great action sequence. Yeah. And then him, yeah. 
I don't know. I it might have been good if he would have flown into it. Did you, did you did you think he the first time you saw this movie? Did you think he was going to die, or were, did you think that was a I guess satisfying conclusion to his arc? I'm yeah. I think it is for him to have come from where he's come from, and that that was a great stand for him to make. It was almost like anticlimactic when she shot him out of the way, and and even he's like, "Why would you do that?" Yeah. That was, that was I like had the my same question. <laughs> Why would you do that? You know, I get that it's speaking to like let's not have that hu- hubris and that hero moment, but right. yeah, I think it maybe would have worked better if he had. You know, what it what it about? I'm okay with him dying. I I don't you know. It was just, it was an it was a you know it would have been a worthy send off for the character. I think for definitely. Sure. I, but he probably has more to do in the next one. I think so. Right. Well. Rose clearly is into him in some to some degree here. So right. how how what did you think of her not there that's how we're going to win by not not fighting what we hate but saving saving what we love, which is a really sweet sentiment, but it's also like wait. It's kind Finn? of the same thing. Huh? <laughs> I don't understand. So I, I guess her idea is not fighting against something but fighting for something, which is something which is a right, concept I can right. really get behind, but it's also it does feel like her the the kiss moment which it's such a movie moment. There's like a big explosion behind them, and then yeah. they kiss. I'm like, okay, Rose, did it, you time that just right or kind what? Kind of devoid of passion, though. So that's where I think I it's was supposed like, to. I though. didn't really connect with it. I think, yeah, I feel like that's intentional. I feel that's like it's what like a fangirl moment. She yeah. like gets to kiss her hero on the cheek or something. It just, it just didn't. It didn't necessarily do anything for me. But right. No, fa- I mean, it was no finger touching. No. no, no chemistry like like uh, Raylo. It doesn't make sense. Finger touching is more is is sexier than an actual kiss. But yeah, it didn't do it for me. I don't know. I I would have liked to have seen him actually fly. It that would have felt like redemption to me. You know, mm-hmm. like him coming through, being a stormtrooper and. And, uh, sacrificing himself to fight yeah, the first order. Yeah, sacrificing himself and, and to stick it to the man, you but know. But then we wouldn't have gotten that reunion with him and Ray where the rocks are falling, which is really sweet because I that's like I don't want to see him with her. No, so I'm yeah, like, no, not, not even rom- not romantically, but like. Yeah, that was pretty As cool. friends, like that's a great moment. And in a way, I, I kind of don't, I don't, I mean, one, I don't think they have that same kind of chemistry. And two, I don't think she feels that way about him. Right. And three, I like the idea of just having a platonic you know, right. friendship yeah. between a man and a woman in these mm-hmm. movies. I think that, you know, they don't need to necessarily... Well, I kind of think there was also a little bit of something when Poe introduced himself to her at right. the end, too. So Me I was too. like, wait, another guy? <laughs> like, I, I, almost how many felt, dudes do you we, need? Earlier, when I was rewatching the movie <laughs> the other day, or yesterday, the passing of the Ray's beacon from Finn to Poe kind of felt like a passing of the oh. torch. Like, all right, Poe, she can be yours now. I'm gonna, I didn't... Oh. That's oh. the way I, I kind of was like... It kind of feels like that's almost what they're trying to do. Yeah, I definitely felt something when he introduced I mean, himself Oscar to Isaac's her. a good-looking man, so... He is. I, mm. I can understand. Right? I can, but, too. But a poem versus... You go, girl. There is no slut-shaming here. You go, girl. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, he doesn't have the bad guy, bad guy thing working out for him, the bad boy thing. Like, uh, he's, but like he's, got that cocky, he's got that's that cocky. That's true. Cocky, okay, maybe arrogant, he you has know? the right. Maybe he has the right balance of yes. uh, of bad boy attitude without, without murdering his own father and yeah. taking on destroying planets and stuff. He's like a Kylo light. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Turn yeah. it down a little bit. <laughs> 40% less dangerous or something. 
Yeah, I think I think um, the Finn's so sweet that I think it would be nice to see him and Rose together. Like mm. they're like a cutesy couple, you know. Yeah, they, they just don't carry the weight and the the verve of of like a, a Raylo right. or even a Poe Ray or <laughs> Ray Ray Poe. No, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody pair up with Poe because he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was all that speculation in The Force Awakens that everybody was like shipping Finn and Poe because he's like, hey, is that oh. my jacket? Oh, like, it's good on you or whatever. Okay. like, hey. Okay. Okay. Because they have like a real bromance going yeah, on in they that do. movie, and in this in this one, I didn't too. I didn't see that at all, but I, I well, can support that. Fandom's gonna fandom. Yeah, it's gonna do its thing. Fandom's so, gonna fandom. Pretty much, <laughs> uh, I did find it a little feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity when they send out Leia's distress signal and I don't nobody responds, and now we know that Lando's gonna be in the Rise of Skywalker. So my question is, what up, Lando? Yeah. <laughs> where, 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 I, I hope that the next movie maybe explains like that why he was unable to respond because he's the character that would have been the one to. Well, he's show always up getting there. himself into trouble. It's so true. He, he, might he was locked been, up. He, yeah, he might have been exposed. doing something. Seeing, because seeing Leia lose hope like that, and literally she's the one that's like the spark is out. I'm like, oh my god, this is depressing. Yeah, but then her brother comes. Like, I know, two I know, but later and, having Leia feel hopeless, we're yeah. not used to that. No. Her whole thing is, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're right. my only hope. That's like her her jam mm-hmm. is being full of hope. So having her feel hopeless was... Well, that just goes along with all the surprises and, and turns that this film has made in, in comparison to the other ones. So... Yeah. I get it. It didn't last for very long, so... That's true. Like two seconds later, Luke yeah. shows up. Looks like, no, no, we can't have that. Perk exactly. up, Leia. You changed your hair, apparently. <laughs> oh... <laughs> And then we get the uh, the no one's ever really gone thing, and the yes. f- he kisses her on the forehead. Another moment that I get emotional because yes. of the movie, but also because of Carrie Fisher too. She's gone. Exactly. Mm. Uh, so I, I love that moment, and I think you you know it would be nice. It would have been nice to get more uh, with the two of them in this movie, but I, I think then that it would cheapen that the the power of that of that reunion, the fact that we see them together yeah. for the first time since Return of the Jedi and. Well, I like this, the scene where he's on the rock and he calls to her and she, she connects with him. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that really, that really made me feel good. Other I mean, side of the galaxy and they're yeah, still connected yeah. through the force. So. Yeah. I love, I loved all that. <clears throat> and then even Leia's given up hope on, on, uh, Ben getting redeemed. I think that's yeah. That that part would make me even more sad that a mother doesn't have hope for her son. Then you know, people not responding to her distress call. Right. Well, that's the big and that's the big question going into the rise of Skywalker is like, can can this guy be redeemed? Should he be redeemed? And or does he even know that she's end? alive at this point? Yeah. You know, like maybe he's he's going to be operating under the assumption that she's gone and, and having her come back or there might be a surprise moment where she comes in and shifts yeah. his perspective. So I don't know that how that, cool. I don't know how they're going to work that because they're using just archive footage of her from the last two movies for, really? for rise of Skywalker. Cause she passed away, you know, before yeah. this came out. So they hadn't really done anything for rise of Skywalker yet. I didn't know that. Yeah. I so mean, they can work magic. So, so they have, you know, unused footage and they're going to just digitally kind of insert things together and mm. make it happen. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to tie off 
Leia's story arc with this last one, considering they have very limited resources to do so. I ultimately think it's a better option than recasting or, uh, you know, digitally recreating her or something like that. I mean, I figured they, you know, they could work total magic and make her appear to be there, you know. Then Furious 7, they did that whole thing with Paul Walker and they made that movie feel pretty seamless considering he died during production and everything. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. ending is great. The ending oh, is the really? best moment. It's because they, they made like a real, the whole ending is like a kind of a meta farewell to Paul Walker Aww. and stuff. So it was everybody cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're getting off topic. Yes, we um, are. So Luke, uh, so yeah, Luke, like I said, he plays on the, the hatred of Ky- uh, Kylo's hatred for him. I love the like dusting himself off moment after oh, all the yes. fire that like we mentioned. So that great. That was great. It's one of my favorite gifts for this movie to use, especially when people are like hating on it. I'm like, like what's the best <laughs> Star Wars movie? I'm like, Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the great, the great line that he says at the end. You're going to say it? You can say Tell it. Tell the people. She says, strike me down in anger and I'll always be with you, just like your father. He says, see you around, kid. Well, he also says the, the, the everything you, every, every word of that sentence is wrong. Oh, too, yes. Which is yes. the callback from earlier with Ray. Because he says he's going to take down the resistance and he's going to kill Ray and he's going to kill this and uh, yada, yada, yada. And he's, he's like, like when I, after I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. <sighs> that whole thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, no, not going to. Nice try. No. Uh, yeah, I love all that. The, 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 the way that that's intercut, too. With the resistance making their escape, yes, and Ray opening it up, and like her obviously being the the, mm-hmm. the next Jedi. And then I like and when Poe says, "Follow me," and and they all look at Leia, and she's like, "What are you looking at me for?" Follow all the him. arts are coming together. Yes. Like, oh, it's great, great. She moment. like she acquiesced, you know, to give him some leadership there. So well, he's learned. He's realizes no, because he, he wants to. Finn is actually the one that's kind of doing, vocalizing Poe's instinct. And we should right. go out there. We should go fight. He needs help, blah, blah, blah. Poe's like, wait a minute. This is for a reason. He's yes. doing this so we can leave. We should peace out now Let's instead of just rushing a into a battle. Without, and, exactly. Yeah, so he's learning. And he paraphrases Holdo and says, you know, finally gets a picture about yeah, where the spark. That was sweet. That will, that will burn the First Order down. I love that. And then she's lifting rocks. That's another great part. We'll call back to the Empire, to the beginning of the movie, where she's talking about how the forces let you control people and lift rocks. And then she's <laughs> like, oh, I'm lifting rocks. Here we go. Ironic that, that really lifting good. rocks is exactly what I need yes. to do in this moment. Yes. Um, it, it's also, I, as much as I love the, the battle with, um, with Luke and Kylo Ren, and I do, it's also telling, it's also not telling, but it's interesting to note that this is the only Star Wars movie where we don't have two lightsabers clashing. Mm. I don't think. Not at all. There's no lightsaber on lightsaber in this. And, really? And part of that is probably because Luke is a force projection and it's mm-hmm. unclear how you know tactile he really can be. He okay. gives Leia the, the dice, but then later they disappear. Things like right. that. So it's like he's there physically, but not really there physically because right. he's also not moving the salt. Um... I didn't realize there wasn't yeah. saber on saber. There is no saber on saber action. action which sounds <laughs> like a euphemism for something else entirely. But uh, but yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no sword fight of that kind. Nor is there lightsabers hitting each other in this movie. Hmm. So I thought that was an interesting choice 
for the for this film, but also underscores his whole the the, the idea that the Jedi are supposed to be basically like space monks in a mm-hmm. way, you know. So he he dies with peace and purpose. Yes, he he's not there to fight. He's there to pretend to fight to keep the dude busy so they can leave. Right, but he's not really there to hurt anybody. Right. So his lightsaber has no reason to hit anything else. Mm-hmm. He just basically dodges it. Yeah, to, he does some pretty amazing time, defensive moves. To buy time until Kylo like straight up like impales him with the saber, mm-hmm. like swipes him and then impales him. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not here, dude. Don't worry about it. See you around, yeah. kid. Yep. Um, so I, I love that and the way it informs his, his story arc. And uh, it's it's an interest. It's a version of the Jedi that we feel like we haven't really gotten to this point. And like, yes, they're warriors, but they're also peacekeepers. They're also spiritual figures. Right. They're not supposed to just, they're not an army. Essentially, right. they're not supposed to be. That's not their function. Right. And and I like that this his movie death gets at was that. so beautiful. It really was the the uh, the binary sunset, just yeah. like a New Hope, yeah. just like the end of Revenge of the Sith. That's kind of his his thing, the binary yeah. sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, the the look on his face that he just kind of accepts it. He's he's because he knew doing that was going to cost him his life. He knew that was the sacrifice right. he was making. And he came uh, to the island to die anyway. So. Exactly, exactly what he said. Yeah. Um, so it is sad, but it's also in a way kind of a happy ending for him. I mean, if he's going to go out, he went out to ensure that the resistance's mission would, which was to survive as Holdo says earlier in the movie, that it succeeds. That's, that's his goal is to keep them fighting and for another, another day. And plus we know he's going to be back in the next one. We know we're going to get forced Luke. Like go force ghost Luke. Oh, that's exciting. And that's that's probably the the form in which he says, you know, oh, yeah, everything, you know, hundred thousand generations live in you now. It's like we taught yeah. you everything we know. That whole thing's like, all right, it's all you now. It's all you, Ray. No pressure. It's gonna be great. <laughs> no I think pressure. It was such an elevated way for him to die than to be just struck down or yeah, yeah. Or it's not what, violent. Grow old, you know. I mean. Yeah, it's the Obi Wan style. Obi Wan died in a battle, kind of, but. Really, because he led himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the other option was going out like Qui Gon Jinn, like on the floor gasping for air, and like I, you know, I, I think no fun. Yeah, I think this is it's this is the best way to I think a better way to honor the character and his legacy as you know the central figure of a figure of the last Agreed. trilogy, like the the legend that that Ray was seeking out in the last film. Um, I kind of think we're wrapping rep- up here, but the the. It does seem we talked about it a little bit the the love dynamic. It seems like it's very much shifting, like the romantic mm-hmm. thing. Because as you mentioned, there's a new a new lady who's on a mission, on at least a, a part of the next film. Yeah. Uh, with Finn, then there's Rose. Very then there's, pretty lady. Yeah. Then there's Ray and Kylo, and there's Poe. Not that everybody needs to be paired up, but at some point we're like, something needs to happen. A bunch of good looking people. Something <laughs> you know, something needs to go down here. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I, I, I kind of like the idea of Ray with Poe, but I also kind of like the idea of Ray with no one. Like, yes. Like, I think that, yes. you know, this is one of the things, that's, going back to our last episode together, it's one of the things about Captain Marvel that I like so much. It's mm-hmm. like she's not, there is no romantic figure for her. She doesn't have, yes. like, feelings for Jan Rog or, or there's no, like, boyfriend in her life or, or girlfriend mm-hmm. or whatever. It's kind of like her, it's about her living up to herself, right. not about her trying to win somebody's love or whatever, prove herself worthy. And so I kind of the hope... Spiritual I, meaning of the yeah. virgin. She who is whole under herself. Right. Which also makes sense for the Force, having that balance and 
and being complete and total within herself. So right. it would be great, but he's Kylo's pretty fine. So I don't know. I would like to at least see some kind of playoff between them right. again. You know, maybe a little bit more than finger touching, but hey. This is a yes. family movie. I don't know how much <laughs> how much you want to see that they're willing to show. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens with uh, with that with Ray and the, with the Raylo of it all. Uh, I definitely know. I definitely think that the creative people behind the trilogy are aware that people are shipping that, mm. and I definitely think they're going to lean into that in this next film. Whether it wi- winds up well for Ray and Kylo as a couple or. Or not? I, I almost feel like though, if this is really going to be the end of the Skywalker saga, kind of need. Why would you call it the rise of Skywalker? Yeah, you know, if it's the end, but that it should seems... be the end of the But it's the end of the line of the Skywalker yeah, line. That's... I kind of feel like that Kylo Ren should die for that to be the case. Oh, because otherwise it leaves it open for more Skywalker. Because he's the last one, assuming that Leia is doesn't survive the next film. Kylo Ren is the only person left that we know of with Skywalker blood. So I kind of feel like that needs to be the case. And some theories mm. that I've seen, and I know I said earlier, I haven't really read theories, but this was before we saw, we knew much about Rise of Skywalker at all, is that maybe Skywalker is going to be kind of the next, kind of the term that the the, the galaxy will use for that gray Jedi concept that we just came up with. Oh. That we mentioned. That's interesting. Like instead of Jedi and Sith, they'll just be called Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a way to end the Skywalker line, but have the Skywalker name prevail and carry on. Hmm. And that little broom kid who we already mentioned, and I'm just trying to bring it up again because now we're at that point. Maybe he's a Skywalker. Maybe. We don't know. But the legend so of Skywalker theories. is spreading. And, uh, and I love that. That's, yeah, it's the most powerful ending that this movie could possibly have is, oh, now other people are learning about the force and like a developing or tapping into their own their and the own books potential. are off the island exactly i like that too yeah it's awesome yes any other thoughts on i also like the last force time that that kylo and ray have when she's getting everybody on the ship mm. and he sees her and she sees him and then she's like peace out and she just shuts the door on him yep that was kind of that was kind of interesting so we he's like, he's like, are you going to let me, what's going on? Are we good? She's like, no, no, we're not good. Right. He's like, please. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm very curious to see how Palpatine ties into it. I'm obviously, like I said, I, I'm very, I have kind of mixed feelings about whether or not Ben is worthy of redemption at this point. But I all, like I said, I also kind of feel like he needs to not be around in order for this to be the end of the Skywalker line. Mm-hmm. Legit. So... What are your thoughts? What are you hoping I'm, slash I'm expecting hoping to maybe, see? I'm hoping maybe, I mean, I hadn't theorized before, but now that we're talking about it, I feel like maybe it would be nice if he he becomes the first gray Jedi and he redeems mm. himself and he become, he's a Skywalker. He is the rise of Skywalker that we're talking about. That would be my hope. Maybe, yeah. That would be my last hope. And him and, him and Ray uh, live happily ever after? Yes, yes. We'll see. Anything's possible. We're still, you know, a couple months away from it now, but I mean, we definitely see them face off in in these uh, over water as yes. opposed to fire. So yes. that's cool. Going into the elemental side of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really think we have much else to say. I think we've we've just exhausted <laughs> the last Jedi. We've talked almost as long as the last Jedi is. <laughs> and 
this point. And that's the longest Star Wars movie, too. It's 152 minutes, I think I saw. And that's the longest Star Wars movie to date. I have a feeling The Rise of Skywalker will probably beat that. If we yes. got a three-hour Avengers movie, and this is going to be the last of the, the Skywalker saga of Star Wars, obviously not the last Star Wars movie because Disney likes money and fans like more stories. Yep. But uh, yeah, I have a feeling we're going to probably get like two... 245, 250. It's going to be nearing the three-hour mark. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope so. It's yeah. a lot of stories. A lot, of wrap, lot to wrap up. A lot, lot to do. Yeah, but the, the question of balance, I think, is the one that we both really want to see addressed. Like, whether it's Great Jedi, Skywalker, whatever the hell you want to call it, I think that is really the key to ending this franchise and having it feel like the, the period at the end of a nine-film sentence. We need a permanent peace instead of just vacillating back right. and forth between periods of peace and then chaos and, and war and whatnot. We, I definitely feel we want we want a final final no um, more Star Wars. There's too many wars in the stars. Right. Star love. There you go. Star peace. That'll be the, the spinoff. Star love, starring Raylo. <laughs> <laughs> so make it happen, Disney. Yeah, I'm, I think it happens. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm a little nervous knowing that this is the last one. I'm like, all right, you better tie it all up. I mean, I've been talking about Avengers Endgame all year, so uh, this will be another way that Disney can keep that keep that uh, that momentum going as far as well, ending these long going stories. Avengers is now still going. I mean, yeah, but it's an end to an era in a way, yeah. and I feel like that's very much how the issue is with Rise of Skywalker. So. Carrie Jones, thank you for coming on Thanks the Cookie for Table me, podcast. Rob. I don't literally don't think we have anything. I have no more thoughts to express right now. Um, but we're I'm done. I'm, son. Glad, I'm glad that we were able to get all that out there. And I know you were excited to talk about this movie as well. I love this movie. I love You're this movie You're right. Too. This is my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. Except maybe the next one. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll it depends see. on what they do with uh, how much finger touching happens in it. Yes. <laughs> If you're interested in joining me on the show to chat about one of your favorite films, head on over to crookedtable.com slash guest. Or you can consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash crookedtable. Of course, you can always find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at crookedtable.com. Until next time, this has been the Crooked Table Podcast, and I've been Rob. This has been a production of crookedtable.com. All rights reserved. Z-R-O-O-K-E-D. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>